Hello and welcome to episode 32 of We Need to Talk About Horror. Yes, we're still alive. We're here. Yay. We just yeah. took a little break. Are you guys doing okay? Doing great. I- I'm doing okay. Mike's on his phone. Alive. God huh? damn it, Mike. <laughs> huh? People were in suspense. They didn't know if you made it out alive. Yeah, I'm still here. <laughs> oh, I'm still here. Anyway, uh, welcome. And uh, first off, You're top, Andy Treefenbach. top of the hour. You're oh, Andy yeah. Treefenbach. Uh, I'm Andy Treefenbach. Patrick Hordkin. I'm Joseph Burge. I'm Mike Aslick. And uh, on the top of the hour, I want to say a uh, grand thank you to everybody that came out to Mandy for Lee Nick Greenhouse. It was All good. four Yay. times. Yeah. I watched it three of the four times. <laughs> Friday night felt really weird because I introduced the movie and then I'm like, you know what? I'm I'm gonna go home. I <laughs> I want to get. I home. noticed that because when I came out, you weren't there. Yeah, I, w- I wanted to be home at like you know one ish, so as opposed to three thirty ish. Yeah, I missed yeah. the first ten minutes because the lines were so crazy and. Ooh, those theme drinks, man. <laughs> wait, wait. You missed the... Oh, I didn't know you missed yeah, the first 10 minutes. Well, you, were, you were in line at the bar with me because I was asking you. I was, oh, I was yeah. Like, I, am I, I going to be missing anything? Because I was like, I really got to close my tab. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's just trailers, man. You're all right. <laughs> well, I mean, no, it was it was no, really they busy. weren't trailers. Yeah. Right? <laughs> no, well, there I, were. I missed, no, I missed there were. The, the pre-show played this weekend. Yeah, so the first oh, weekend we the this yeah the first okay. well hold on the first weekend we did the full pre-show which is like twenty minutes All and right. then um, this new one we had to cut down the pre-show so we didn't do the trailers except for we showed the trailer for next month's show which is nineteen eighty eight's blob. Okay, so oh, they were so playing sound, the sound cut out on Friday yeah, during the pre-show. No, I know. Oh. I know. Was and people be- were not shutting the fuck up when it said shut the fuck up. Yeah, no, I know. I know. I heard about that. It happened again on Saturday night as well, but they kicked it in manually. So, because it cuts out on the PSA, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it happened again last night, but I was actually there observing it. I'm like, hey, you might want to kick it on. But by the time he kicked it on, I'm like, well, you got to switch it over. Now I got to talk. So, anyway. But yeah, uh, most successful late night greenhouse show ever Woo. in the eight years, eight nice. plus years. So Very yeah, nice. thanks, Mandy. Thanks for all you did. I mean, you um, came and you. No, stop. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, you can find us on Destroy the Brain uh, at Destroy the Brain on Twitter and on Facebook, and we have a Facebook group, uh, Facebook.com/slash/group/slash/We Need to Talk About Horror. Uh, today's topic, we're going to be talking about Blair Witch 2 and just Blair Witchiness in all, all, all general. So I brought out the poster for my Blair Witch Project, my Blair Witch Project poster. And, uh, we got a VHS tape and the dossier on the table getting ready for this long talk. I know Mike's excited, especially about the Blair Witch 2 stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so anyway. see it. All right, let's get into what we've been watching. Okay, this segment of uh, what we've been watching, this is where we go over what we've seen in between the recordings of the episodes. We are going to have to, I I mean, it's going to be, I like to try to keep it to three, but let's do four. I got too many titles. Let's do four. Let's do four. I I have three. Because it's been a minute. (laughs) So, uh, 
<laughs> so we'll go around the table. Patrick, what about you? What what have you been seeing? Uh, last movie I watched was uh, Naked Lunch, which was a first time watch. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, and got inspired by that. Got inspired to watch that because uh, I'm sure you saw. But did you watch we Naked? Went, I did. While did you lunch, have lunch while eating lunch? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. But we went to that cemetery in St. Louis where yeah. William S. Burroughs is buried. And, you know, it just occurred to me, I've never actually seen Naked Lunch. And, you know, of course he wrote it. And uh, David David uh, Cronenberg uh, adapted it into a movie. And a lot of people said it was unfilmable. And, I mean, even when you watch it, it's just totally out there and bizarre. And it's not really because i don't know if any of you have actually read the book but it's almost all in like vignettes and it doesn't really have a yeah cohesive it's not narr- a cohesive yeah narrative. yeah but it's, he, it's kind of disjointed yeah so he kind of took that and turned it into something where he borrowed some of his other works as well and made it into a so it's basically as much like of a narrative as he could when they try to make a Vonnegut movie, yeah, which I guess. doesn't often turn out well. But this actually, this actually worked for me though. Like in, he said it, that it's with such God. a stain. <laughs> they, they, it, yeah, it like, it's like hold up. Well, <laughs> let's let's talk about the Vonnegut movie with Bruce Willis in it. Now, which one was that? Breakfast Champions. Yeah. Oh, which was terrible. Wow, I forgot about that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. It's very. Uh, I mean, it's got the crazy creature effects you would expect from a Cronenberg movie too and yeah so it yeah, yeah. check it out oh. uh, yeah, I need okay. to watch it again one of these days I didn't like it when I saw it um, what's well, a Criterion Blu-ray years yes years ago yeah did you rent it or buy it I rented it do you know is it on Amazon or I'm not for sure no not streaming or anything ah okay Joseph what have you watched probably on uh, what's that uh, yeah, like film Filmstruck. Film Filmstruck, yeah. They yeah. have the criteria. Yeah, stuff. I got mine at the library, so. Library. Sure. Yeah, use my library caller. Yeah. Uh, my first thing is I binge-watched two television shows in uh, one day. Wow. Uh, <laughs> I won watched, an award? Yeah. <laughs> I watched the original Maniac, uh, and then I watched the new show Maniac. Yeah, but I, explain the original Maniac, because this is also a very generic title. Maniac originally was a Norwegian show about a guy in a mental institution who has vivid hallucinations. And basically the entire show is just you with him in his hallucinations. Like he hallucinates, he's different people, and all the people in real life in the hospital are in these hallucinations with him. They're just different people. They're diff. They play characters in his hallucinations, and it bounces back between reality and his hallucinations all the time. So you can see what's really happening versus what he thinks is happening. Okay, I got you. I got you. And so then uh, Fukunaga got a hold of it, I guess. And <laughs> <laughs> why do you say it like that? <laughs> I guess he got a hold of it. Netflix greenlit. Well, he changed. Well, I mean, yeah. this is this He's, is the new uh, Bond director, yeah. guys. Yeah, he greenlit. So yeah, Netflix for how long? Yeah, one film. <laughs> uh no, yeah, I, I don't think he's gonna make it. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but Netflix greenlit a remake of the show, and the remake is nothing like the show. The remake is Emma Stone and Jonah Hill, Jonah Hill together, and they are. 
the they are people well Emma Stone is a drug addict who wants this pill because she got it on the black market that they're doing. It's an experimental drug that's supposed to um, fix you. It's just supposed to fix everything about you. Mm -hmm. And it uses an artificial intelligence computer to map your brain and fix all of your problems. Oh, that sounds nice. So, (laughs) um, yeah. If you like True Detective... It's very much the same tone. It's very much uh, loosely in... It's it, it has a story, but the story is not as important as the actual activities happening. So... <laughs> the, I'm, I'm just wondering what Mike's doing. What are these? <laughs> oh, they're from Mixtape Massacre. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. Um, so there's, there's a cohesive story. Of course they meet in this trial and they, they have all these hallucinations together, just like you see in the trailer, but it's very much based on their interactions with each other Mm. instead of the overarching story about the pill and everything else, which is there. Sally Fields in it. She plays the, she plays the computer and you also find out she's the mother of the guy who designs it. So sweet. No, I wanted to check it out. It's just it's you know, it's highly, highly, highly. Last couple of weekends have been a little busy. Yeah, if you DDB HQ. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, if you like True Detective, is it just one? Is it a movie or a series? No, it's, it's a series, ten right? Episodes. Oh wow! And okay. Fukunaga already said if they decide to continue it, he doesn't want to be a part of it anymore. Well, that, so well, fuck. All right, but. He that's him. It's designed, <laughs> no, I know, I know, yeah. it's designed as a limited series. That's what it was being. Well, that's fine. That's fine. As, so, okay. so, but like I said, if you if if you have any interest at all in it, please watch it. It's very good. All right, all right, sweet, Mister Hassler. I saw a movie called Nonsense. <laughs> Not <laughs> no, the nun. No, it's the nun. Oh, oh okay. It's the nun. Uh, the Nun, which is directed by um, Corin Hardy. Corin Hardy, who I love. His I first still have movie. not seen The Hollow. I love it so much. I've heard very good things. And uh, he is he is such a good director. And fortunately, this is a successful movie. And so I believe he'll get to uh, kind of have his pick of the litter now. So it. I mean, it's been a long time between The Hollow and this. So uh, the movie itself is. Well directed. Uh, there are a couple really effective scares mm. and some good atmosphere to it. The movie itself is poorly written. Yes, I've, I've heard as that. an understatement. Probably it is really bad. It's a really bad script. Yeah. So I'm like right in the middle. Of I that. mean, but let's be honest. The Conjuring's not the greatest bastion of horror. <laughs> I like the James second Wan, one is pretty man. bad. Yeah, the second one's bad. I the first one <laughs> I, yeah, I, bad, bad. I don't think I don't it's bad. It's, enjo- it's enjoyable, but as far as quality goes, it's not good. I didn't even. I love. I like the first one up until the exorcism <laughs> at the end. They always got to have I think the that first one's really good. Yeah. I know, they and that was just so <laughs> unnecessary. Uh, the, the, so it, it's. I don't know. I. I like the I like the nun character. I think it's creepy. That, but so underutilized. It was like uh, yeah. I heard she it's, was I heard it's Tisa. It. I heard it's Taisa, her sister. Well, don't ruin it. Yeah, name it. No, no. I heard that's who plays the nun. Okay, the actress. Yeah, that's Tisa Formiga. Not the evil nun. 
Yeah. No. Oh, I thought that's... No, who, she is the lead I, of the movie. I didn't There's, watch them. No, no. no. <laughs> she's, she's the I'm lead. No, it's off what I heard from the internet. It's the same, exactly. act, it's the same actress who played the nun in Conjuring 2. Yeah. Oh. Right. So, um, can Nonsense be the Asylum version? <laughs> yeah, I think <laughs> Probably so. Probably already is. There, there is... Yeah, there's... <laughs> I used to work in a video store, and we used to have a, nuns, a, nuns a movie. On the run? It was like a, a filmed play that's called Nonsense. <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> wow. So I I don't know the movie. Is such a mixed bag, man. I I think it's really cool to look at. Yeah. Are we done with them? Can, do you think we're done with them? Fuck no. no, no they're, they're still going to they're they're make Conjuring thing. Three. But you know what I'm curious about is nobody's like kicking up the dirt on that lawsuit. I don't know if I, they, they settled paid him, it. They paid him off. Okay, yeah. so they settled they it. Settled. Gotcha. I heard they paid him off. That's the last I heard of it. All right. Yeah. <laughs> lawsuit settled. Yeah. Cool. All right. Uh, speaking of religion, I watched the uh, the Devil and Father and Morth documentary directed by William Freakin and also yeah. starring William Freakin. It's on Netflix if you want to check it out. Um, however, I would probably not recommend checking it out. It's pretty. Isn't uh, it on Criterion as well? What's that? Isn't it on Criterion? I hope it? not. No. Okay. <laughs> it's just got a the cover of it looks like something else. Yeah, it's very RT. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That, um, that was a disappointment. It was a it very was... big di- disappointment. Um, I mean, I, I I'm on the board. Like, I don't know if I like William freaking narrating <laughs> throughout the whole thing because he takes oh, that it. That sounds like a bad. He's idea. a little over the top. Yeah, yeah. A little over it, the it, top. It was kind of like listening to his Exorcist audio commentary. Right, right. I mean, I'd love to hear freaking talk. I think he's a great storyteller, but some of it was just a little out there. Yeah. Um, yeah, if and I want yeah. to hear him tell a story, I'll watch his movies. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, yeah. And yeah. I mean, that's the other thing, right? But he's a great, like, if if you listen to some of his interviews with other directors, it's pretty great. Um, yeah. But yeah, this, this story is pretty basic, really. It's supposed to, it documents um, this exorcism in Italy, I think. Yes. Uh, in Rome. And uh, this, this girl has been exorcised a few times um and it's just you know i mean it's just not a it's not believable and b it's just it's kind of boring yeah Um, that whole but the whole thing is like oh it's gonna be a documentary that films the very first exorcism caught on film or whatever yeah um and they only allowed freaking with a dslr to shoot it so it was i mean the setup was interesting i'm like okay but there's obviously, I mean, the payoff's not going to meet yeah, your expectations. And plus, it's just, it's long and drawn out, much like my description of it. He's, <laughs> he's somebody I really respect, too. And, like, I, I mentioned that it's kind of like listening to his audio commentaries, but I actually like listening to his audio commentaries. Right, right. But it was very much like, let me sell you, sell you on this. And then, yeah. you know, like... Oh, I wasn't allowed to have the camera out for this part. And then, yeah. Like, oh, okay. Very. Well, I sneakily <laughs> shot this. Yeah, and, yeah. 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 Ugh. Anyway. Um. Okay. What else, Patrick? Um. I watched the greatest movie. Ooh. About Ooh. a. Ooh. This, you know, the the greatest murdering laundry press movie of all time. I'm sure you guys know what I'm talking about. Oh, Jesus. The you mean the only one? The only one. Well, <laughs> except for its sequel. <laughs> You know, well, wait. The sequel isn't even that. What is movie it? are we talking about? Oh, I'm talking about come the on. Mangler, man. Oh, Hell's Bells, oh. baby. <laughs> okay, Hell's Bells. <laughs> uh, which yeah. is getting a Blu-ray release. Gotta help us all. Warner Archive. 
Uh, no, Shaft Factory, I think, is putting it Oh, out. okay. <laughs> oh, so I need to get ready for my replacement desk? Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> yes, I don't know about you guys, but I'm really holding out hope for that. Mangler 4. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> what? There's a Mangler 3? There's a Mangler 3. Holy yeah, shit, I did not know this. Are we, are or maybe we, I did. Are it we, came out re- like in the past like yeah. five I remember or this six now. Years. Okay, yeah. never mind. Fu- future I, up in them guts? I just, no. <laughs> I just absolutely not. I just absolutely shoved it in the back of my not. brain. Where Come on, guys. It'll be fun. <laughs> you know you want to. That's I'll get a root canal. of a piranha. <laughs> I'll get a root canal. I'll watch. Revenge. I'll watch uh, three Mangler movies. It'll all be good. <laughs> Mangle your teeth. Ugh. So, so that's one you enjoy, huh? Yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> uh, I mean, it, it wasn't Toby Hooper's finest moment, but <laughs> it was all right. Oh, speaking of which, uh, Robert England. Robert England's in, in it. In the Mangler. Uh, Did you guys see that he's going to don the Freddy makeup? Yep. Hell yes. I'm, that's awesome. That he keeps telling I've us. I've never watched that show, but they've done a couple of things. what? The Goldbergs on oh, ABC. Oh, he's going to yeah. be on Goldbergs? Yeah. Yeah. He, he's doing he keeps saying special. he's not doing it anymore, no, but he keeps doing it. <laughs> it's just like as soon as Bruce Campbell told us he was done playing Ash, he signed on to do an audio book. In the as video as, game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's done doing... There's a certain extent to it, I think. But anyway, Goldbergs have have managed. They managed. They've to done get, some really interesting. They things. managed yeah. to get Rick Moranis yep. to do a voiceover for Dark Helmet. Yeah, I, I don't know. He who didn't runs actually that show up. No, I know, I know. But well, he, he showed up for the recording. Yeah, booth. he showed up in the recording <laughs> booth. That was his first step out of retirement. Um, outside of that SCTV, right? Netflix, right? Thing. Other, I mean. I don't know who runs that show, but they have a lot of favors lined up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Adam, Adam Goldberg is, uh, or Adam F. Goldberg, I should say. Yeah, not not to be confused not, with the guy from Days and Confused. He is not the same. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's got uh, he's got lots of connections. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to check it out for sure. But they, he showed up in two different documentaries that I recently watched. <laughs> <laughs> one about Masters of the Universe. One about Garbage Trail Kids. Oh man. So. Okay. If like garbage pail ca- kids and gen- oh the thirty years of garbage the thirty years of garbage. oh okay yeah. Yeah. I still need to see that <laughs> it's good yeah all right Joseph I revisited a movie that a lot of people tell me is hokey that I love I showed a room full of people that had never seen it before fourteen oh eight I don't think it's hokey I like that movie it's I, it's one of my it's favorite a hokey but it, yeah it's one of my favorite King a- adaptations. It spawned one of my favorite jokes in the world, which is oh. when John Cusack played in 2012. My response was, "He can't even get out of a hotel room. How's he going to save the world?" It's <laughs> not bad. It's not bad. It's not bad. Yeah, that was alright. Um, Fine tune it a little yeah. bit. Yeah. <laughs> Doing okay. Everyone liked it. Everyone that I showed yeah. liked it. They all liked it. It's solid. I mean, I I think I've only maybe watched it once or twice. I mean, he definitely goes full. John Cusack goes full Nicolas Cage in that movie at one point. <laughs> you know, I'm just gonna say this right now. I'm already tired of that fucking term now. <laughs> <laughs> because people are like asking, like some people were in the bar when Mandy's playing, like, uh, so does he go full Nicolas Cage? I'm like, well, he is Nicolas Cage, yeah. so I don't think he's been in a movie he doesn't. <laughs> National, like, what, what do I guess National Treasure, maybe. Like, but yeah, how do you thing. say? Does he go full? I think he Nicolas still has Cage. a moment in the National Treasure movies. Wait, wait, there's always he's always got a moment where he he unleashes he opens the cage. 
<laughs> but that's <laughs> just like saying. I think that's a better. I think. So I think does, that's uh, a better term for does it. Does Mike Castler go Mike Castler on the podcast? Yeah. It sounds stupid. I, it, to me. it is stupid, but it, I but think I get it. I also get it. He's too. he's yeah, built up a reputation it. of having a certain style. Yeah. And yeah. he he could he shot himself in the foot by doing face off and going and going full in. Well, I mean, oh, he shot no. himself in the <laughs> He had shot himself in the foot long before face off. Yeah, yeah, like Vampire's Kiss. Yeah, Vampire's oh, Kiss. Vampire's Kiss is the ultimate choices movie where it's just like he has made a choice yeah. on every single level of this character yeah anyway so we're yeah. doing vampires kiss next <laughs> <laughs> maybe <laughs> not next no so, next is uh the big halloween episode <laughs> anyway yep so that was uh again if you've never seen it yeah i would highly recommend it i still so. need to do my uh 1408 1922 Double feature. <laughs> but I, a, I will not watch Cell. Fan. <laughs> I will no. not watch Cell. No, anyway. I watched about 15 minutes of Cell. <laughs> um, not a good Stephen King adaptation with Holy John shit. From what I, hear. I actually have watched Cell, and um, yep. Don't don't do that. Don't do that. Sam Jackson. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Oh. They're they're reunited from 1408 in that movie. Oh man. And it's and it's. The magic is not still there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. All right, Mr. Hessler, what about you? What's next? I watched every Predator movie in existence. Why? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> leading up to leading up to the the Predator, the predator. which um, I heard was pretty good. Yeah, I I yeah, I think it's good. I don't think it's great. Um I think the studio, I think Fox is it's still a shit studio that Likes to interfere with their properties mm. Uh, mm. entirely too much. Mm. Yeah, they do. They do. Mm. I mean, there are some studios that really will let artisan. We'll be talking later about <laughs> studio <laughs> interference. <laughs> will really I let wait. their movies stand on their own, and then there are studios that. I mean, Fox is is notorious for doing it. Just for. for I was laughing at how you're saying Fox. 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 You know, oh, Fox. Foxing. 20th Century Fox. <laughs> anyway, Walking's back. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh. 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 Anyway, go. Go. Please take over. <laughs> yeah. It's it's entertaining. Uh, the, the last, like, 20 minutes of the movie are kind of a disaster. Mm. Um, Do the rest of them hold up, though? Watching them again? Uh, the, I... I the first one is a perfect movie to me. The second one is, uh, I've, I've defended it for years. It's not as good as I had remembered it being, but <laughs> I, I, st- I still enjoy it. Uh, Predators is okay. Um, AVP okay. is terrible. And Alien vs. Predator Requiem is, or Requiem, is uh, bonkers. And God. Good bonkers? Bad bonkers? I've only ever seen the first Predator of... Uh, just straight up, I've only oh, ever seen the first one. It is a unforgiving, relentless movie that, in uh, in the first like few minutes, kills a dog and a child. <laughs> it's a- Andy, your face tells me you didn't like it's it either. Brutal. Oh, no. It's it, it is it is brutal. It's not very good. But it's yeah, it's brutal in a few ways. It's like oh, you did this for shock value, and you don't have a good movie. Cool, great. Yeah, I like the shock value of it though. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> Ugh. Yeah. All right. So the yeah, the I think the Predator is is probably second best in the series, but 
It's Whoa. Uh, well, Over Predator 2? Nah, it's Come there. on. It's there. On. It's there. I like Predator 2 a lot. No, yeah. Predator 2 is great. Uh, Stephen Hawkins, uh, man. Underrated director. Yeah. There was a hot minute where he was like, even Judgment Night and... Ghost except for... Uh, what was the one he did? Oh, Nightmare on Elm Street 5. 5. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, it's got its moments. <laughs> it's got something. That's uh, okay, so I watched... Uh, I was like sick on one of the Mondays. I just was not feeling good. And uh, I ended up turning on Joe Bob for comfort food. And I watched Sorority Babes in the Slime Bowl-orama, which... <laughs> Uh, I've seen a long time ago when I was a kid, but do not remember a lot of it. And so it was pretty much a new watch and it was just nice watching Joe Bob kind of do his thing. Um, it's not a great movie, but it's interesting. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the, the, uh, jive lamp. Yeah. As I call them, even though it's not a lamp, it's like something else. Like whatever. Uh, it's like a trophy isn't it. Shit. Now I'm trying to remember. Anyway, is a jive-talking genie. He's like, oh, baby, you can get one wish. (laughs) It's it's weird. But uh, it's directed by David Dakota, who you may know from other Full Moon movies or his, you know, gay porn stuff. Whatever. (laughs) Wow. You've never, uh, I guess you've never watched any of it. Nope. It's a wrap. I think he's also done some witchcraft movies, too. Witchcraft. Yeah. Ooh. You know the like thirteen of those that we'll yeah. we'll do a get up in them guts at <laughs> at some point in time. Yeah, for that's that's episode one hundred <laughs> is witchcraft series. Yes. Oh, God. Jesus, <laughs> Lord help us. Anyway, uh, yeah, we might have to split that up yeah. into a couple episodes. It's man. good. That's, it's that's a witchcraft. Lot of them. It's it's fun. I mean, Leanna Quigley is kind of like trying to be a hard ass. Um, it's just so odd because I think she filmed this one after Return of the Living Dead or right before. And like when you look them back to back, it's it's just they don't look like the same person. It's it's odd, but um, yeah, it's it's she worth a watch. Yeah. Well, yes, yeah. but <laughs> I'm just talking like facial wise too. I don't yeah, think she, she had some work done. <laughs> no, I I think she got some facial work done later on in her career. Oh. I could be wrong. I don't know. I know yeah. she got some work done on the girls, but yeah. Anyway. Now it's getting weird. Okay. <laughs> uh, Patrick, save us all. Uh, I watched Terrifier on Netflix. I need to see this. And uh, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. It was kind of fun. It, it's kind of like a lost VHS tape you'd find or something. And it just, it's very sleazy. Very, yeah. Very. Uh, and that's an offshoot from. Curse of Hollow... All Hallows Eve, which was like a short anthology from what I remember. Character, Art the Clown. Clown, Yeah. And it had had a really cool score. Uh, What was it? Paul... Was it Paul Wiley? I don't know. It's on vinyl. Paul Um, Wiley, yeah. The the dudes over at Forever Midnight put it out on vinyl. Yeah, really cool synthy score. Uh, The look of it just... Actually, isn't that the... Doesn't he work like Manson? Marilyn Manson? I think he does. Ah, He might have... Um, but yeah, yeah, it was, it was really cool. Um, some really crazy kills in it too. Yeah. I've heard the God, the most embarrassing thing for me though. I, (laughs) 
Oh, oh. So, I watched confessions. It, I watched. Yeah, yeah. You guys, uh, I'm gonna. I'm about to. I'm about to get. About to get kicked off the podcast. So, <laughs> so I watched it before I went to bed. Ooh. That ooh. night, I had this nightmare. And spoiler alert. Ooh. Oh. Wait, spoiler! You're going to spoil the movie. Well, it's in the first five minutes of the movie. All right. So fine. yeah, there's this girl. Her face is all mutilated because she was attacked by Art the Clown, and I had this dream, and I woke up. I went in the bathroom, but I, you know, I'm looking in the mirror, and my face is all mutilated. Oh, Jesus! Like, I was like, ah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, the whole whole poltergeist. I don't scene. know if that makes me a <laughs> makes me a weenie horror fan. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, check it out and let me know what kind of dreams you and have. Let, yeah, and let us know if your face gets mutilated. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Anything else, Joseph? Uh, I got one more since okay. we're doing four. Um, right. I watched a movie that I'm not really sure was a horror movie. <laughs> what? Showtime. Uh, I think it was Showtime recommended this movie to me that I watched that uh, I thought legitimately for the first. Did you say legitimately? For the first 45 minutes, I thought it was a porno. Um, <laughs> and I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure what I was watching. It's called Lady Psycho Killer. Lady Psycho. I don't know this one. Um, like, is it a recent movie? It's 2015. It's okay. directed by Nathan Oliver. Oh. Sounds like somebody's been licking the trash can. Oh, I, you can put effects on that later. Yeah. Um, <laughs> to give you an idea of why I thought this movie was a uh, was a porno, uh, Ron Jeremy's in it. <laughs> well, of course he is. He's a main character in this movie, and it's about this like high school girl who becomes a stripper and then starts killing dudes. And it's supposed to be a horror comedy, but I'm just sitting there watching going, this really feels like a porno. Was there any blood in it? Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's... I I wouldn't suggest watching. All right, well, I won't. (laughs) Good to know. I will not watch it then. It just... I spent a lot of time... I, I watched the whole thing, and I just spent the whole time going... Well, after I figured out it wasn't a porno... Because I definitely <laughs> thought it was when Ron Jeremy showed up. I was like, is this a porno? Am I being lied to? <laughs> but uh, no, it was a movie that was not very good. <laughs> so. Gotcha. Hi. Hi. Uh, hello. hello. That's what Roundtable is. So I think I think on... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll piggyback off a movie that you're going to mention. So I'll... I'll I, I got into a rabbit hole on Friday and ended up watching um, Showdown in Little Tokyo mm. and then realizing um, that it was directed by, uh, whose name is escaping me? Mark uh, Lester. Yeah, Mark Lester. And so then I and was he like, went down the class of. I was like, oh man, I had just gotten class of 99. I, I, but some guy was selling his collection on uh, one of those Facebook groups. Yeah. And. I, I bought 27 movies from him. Wow, Mike. So. Really? Class of 99 <laughs> was uh, one of them. And I was like, oh, I need to watch that. Hopefully he cut you a good deal. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. No, I wouldn't oh, have bought it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so I watched Class of 1984 first because that's one of my all-time favorite movies. And, yeah, I was going to um, say, you've seen it before, right? Oh, yeah. It's yeah. it's one of my favorites. It's pretty good. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, Jeremy is not a big fan of him. Mark Lester. What Mark Lester and yeah, 
Oh, because yeah, I think he thinks that he's stuck on himself and that he's, oh. he feels prophetic. And yeah, his in the documentary he he does he does kind of take credit for you know you know this movie is kind of you know <laughs> the, the, we, we didn't nobody listened and now look where we are kind and of now thing. look where we are. It's like oh yeah, I, I, I predicted get it. it. I get it, but the movie was pretty pretty um, prophetic. Kind of, yeah. It's got, man, it's got one of my favorite kills of all time. So does Class of 99 has another one of my favorite kills of all time. I don't know if I've ever... So that 99's the one with Stacey Keach, right? Yes. Who looks uh, like I Tom Atkins. I don't Atkins. know if I've seen that one. <laughs> with a rat tail. <laughs> I don't know if I've seen it. And he's got white eyes. <laughs> Jesus. It's the character choice... Uh, I want to say I've seen it, but I, I'm not positive. Fuck. I think you would remember Pam Greer with a flamethrower arm. See, I remember certain <laughs> things. So either just that scent. <laughs> either I paid attention to the movie, or I didn't pay attention to the movie, or maybe it came on like HBO or something. I I don't know, because like once you start talking about the crazy stuff, I I remember certain things of it. Oh, it's just it's bonkers. I think the first the I think the first one, Class of '84, is wonderful, um, and '99 is. Something. Uh, it, it's. I, I I enjoy it. Uh, <laughs> you can watch this on Vudu. There we there go. You go. Huh? Vudu has it for free with ads. Uh, yeah, with ads. But that's fine. Class of '99 is just pure fun. Mm. Um, it's it's mm. like the exploitative exploitative version of '84. Okay. <laughs> Which was already kind of yeah, an exploitation it was movie. Kind of exploitation. Uh, okay. Yeah. Eighty four. You have to pay for. Yeah. Okay. And it's got a good Shout Factory release. There you go. Go grab that. Wow. Wow. Is that your new slogan there? Go grab, go that. grab that. You know what? Wow. Go grab it. Anyway. Wow. Okay. Um, I'm gonna slide two in here real quick. Ooh. Um, I'll slide three in here. <laughs> Can we fit three? Um, find out. What if we put it? What if we put them really close together? Uh, stop. <laughs> taste of phobia. A taste of phobia, which is put out by Artsploitation Films. It's um, pretty horrible. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> it's an anthology film, and it's an international anthology film where the uh, quality varies from really cheap video consumer camcorders to some really well shot there's one good story and basically all the stories revolve around a fear of something so like one is a fear of feces and uh it's a dude with a shit covered bear basically it's really it's a bear like a teddy bear or like a, a real bear? bear yeah no. he goes into the oh, bathroom oh i thought you had like bear. a grizzly that's just <laughs> covered in shit no it's like a, uh, i want to see this every movie. time i take a shit i throw shit at the bear that oh. would have been good <laughs> i'm gonna have another nightmare that would <laughs> shit bear no he goes into the bathroom and like he's He's scared to take a shit, and then the toilet, like, upheaves a creature. But when you really look at the creature, because it's so cheaply done, it's like a teddy bear, which he picked because it's brown. And then, like, he just slathered some chocolate syrup all over it. It was... It's a word. I think that's what Kevin Smith did for yeah. Dogma. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. But, uh, what is this again? <laughs> a Taste of Phobia. I have the DVD here. Why do I want to watch this just to, just to challenge that how would, bad it is? That would be you. That's all you know. That's huh? all you. 
Uh, the, uh, that sounds that sounds up your alley, actually. Actually, that's probably going to be a horror trivia night prize. So, <laughs> can I borrow it? You can you can borrow it. <laughs> uh, uh, there's one where like it's a fear of getting lost, and it's a man uh, from Mexico that like wanders into Texas, and it becomes like this political thing. But it, it's weird. It's strange um, hmm. because. I'm not going to spoil it. Well, no, fuck it. It's like a one-star movie. Uh, (laughs) These two rednecks are basically are like, welcome to America, and they kill him. And then somehow he shows up for like the last 10 seconds to say, make America great again. It's really odd. It's, I mean, there's one about um, uh, fear of stars that's kind of interesting, but... Yeah, it it was kind of a struggle to get through, to be honest with a you. A fear of young virgin girls yeah. on the back yeah. of it. it. It all takes place on a porn what? shoot. It's odd. That's a real. That's a real thing, man. Let's, yeah. not, let's not believe. Fear it. of cooking. These are real phobias, guys. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Tread lightly. Let's anyway, not, let's not, so uh, I said I was going to squeeze in two. So I'm trying to be quick about it. Uh, the other one I saw <laughs> was uh, Assassination Nation, which. Um, I'm gonna piggyback on too. Yeah, I, I, I I'd like to. I, do I we s- want to talk about Mandy? I think Mandy I do. Deserves, I think we should. I, okay, sorry. I, I feel like slam the, the table. table. I'm sorry. I, I, I definitely want to dedicate well, that can more be of a bigger episode. That can be on Joseph's that. pick. Yeah, well, that that, okay. that was what right. I was gonna say was my fourth. one. I was just gonna go. Can okay. we talk about Mandy now? Um, Assassination Nation. Uh, it's okay. I'm still not sure. I know I Bella Thorne it, is pumping that movie like no other. So I came out of it and I really liked it. And I was like, you know what? That might fall in the top 10. I don't know. We'll see. But then I thought I thought about it more and I'm like, you know what? I just really like, there are things that I like. There are highlights of that movie that I like. Oh, there's the, one sequence. The, in the energy like, is in really the middle well. that is fantastic. Yeah, it's so, like one take. God damn it. I'll get to it. <laughs> so, so, good. so the energy is really high. Um, I like that there's a transgender character in the girls club, if you want to call it that. And um, she, it's not addressed. Like, it's not overtly explained that she's transgender. You just, it come it becomes a plot point. But, it becomes a plot point. But yeah. it's like, they don't address it right off the bat. And I like that. I mean, that's the way it should happen. Um, but, like... Then there's an amazing one shot that is definitely an homage to Argento's Tenebrae scene. And also to De Palma. And to De Palma. Yeah, I mean, it, it's really well done. It's great. Uh, it's a crane. But then... Uh, well, I don't know if it it's goes, a crane or not. No. I, well, yeah, it does have it does have a... It has to be a crane. Yeah. Uh, like, I think it's a combination of a couple, like, steady cams, a crane, and... Anyway, it's a great it's, shot. It's his breathtaking. And it's awesome. the, the whole story is basically this town starts falling apart and they blame these girls, uh, kind of use them as scapegoats. Because right, it's the Salem witch trials. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's a. It's basically a... It takes place in a... a character assassination... In Salem. In in Salem. Even though it doesn't really specify if it's Salem, Massachusetts. Or nope, they just fictional say it's Salem. Salem. But... Um, Are we talking like Scarlet Letter slash... No, Salem I mean there's trial. some scandals that come up, and it, it's a it's hacker. Defi- it definitely has some witch trial um, elements to yeah, it. It's not that's not like a an accident. So okay. basically, there's this hacker that's exposing a lot of secrets for uh, a person. Like it starts off with the mayor, 
and you find out the mayor was a crossdresser and all this other and stuff. And then it's half the town. And then it starts, they, they just go people by people, like person by person. And they're exposing everything, releasing all their texts, uh, all their images so, stored so on their the phone. So it's the horror version of that South Park episode where Denmark releases everybody's internet. Kind of. Yeah. 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 yeah kind of. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, it's it's interesting to watch because, it you know, there's obviously, you know, mob mentality on Twitter and, like, social media in general. Like, somebody does something, everybody piles on and tells them that they've done something wrong and don't really take a look at their own moral compass or or even their own life. And it, th- there's some really interesting and kind of terrifying stuff that, like, it feels pretty real. And then it just it kind of goes out of proportion in yeah, the last 20 minutes. It goes off fucking rails. And I hate the last 20 minutes, I did, to too. Honest. I did, too. <laughs> I just did not like it. But, um, yeah, like, I liked a lot. There was a lot of takeaways that I really dug. And I'll be honest, it's definitely a film, I think, that will... Uh, resonate a little harder for women um, because it is it's very vocal about yeah, it's know, a very timely movie yeah uh, about well, men in general I mean that's a assholes. good thing because we don't I, I mean we don't have a lot of horror movies that are targeted no, toward it, women so. and I think that's why I like brought it up a little higher um, when I saw it but then the more astute on it it's just like eh, it's an okay movie with like really great you know if you took the cliff Elements. notes of it it's like yeah I like that I like this. I like this. Yeah. But as a whole, it's like, eh, I, I'm not probably not going to watch this movie again. It is a very angry movie. It is a ving- very angry movie. try to catch it. I, I would say it's definitely worth a watch for sure. Yeah. I just theater yeah. or VOD. Uh, or... It's in theaters, but I assume it's not going to be. No, I mean, I, I, I mean, is it worth paying the money to see it in the oh, theater eh, or just wait I, until VOD? Yeah, I just wait. It'll probably okay. be out very soon anyway. Um, yeah. So that's Assassination Nation. Yeah, it's. Uh, I I I think I liked it in theory more than in actuality. Okay, so Patrick. now you want to talk about Mandy? Is no, Pat's Mandy. got one more. Patrick's got one. Um, do you don't you? Do I have one more? Do you? <laughs> do I? I Wait, I hang know, on. Patrick, I'm not prepared. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's talk about Mandy. Okay. <laughs> wow. Okay, so um, honestly, though, I would like to make this a big episode uh, at some point in time. But, okay. Um, we can talk about it because I think other people are talking about it, so it's timely to talk about it. We'll talk about it. Okay. <laughs> I just wanted to see how many times I could say talk I about think we it. Should do a, I think we should do a Panos episode one time. Yeah, just sure. watch, watch them all. Well, there's only two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are, you, are any of his shorts available? Mm, you know? No. No. Maybe on YouTube? No. I don't think so. Oh, I didn't look. I don't think so. I mean, he's done music videos and shorts. Right. So I don't know if maybe some of the music videos... We are should watch all his music videos. <laughs> yeah. I'll have, to, I'll have to do my research on it. But anyway, so um, Mandy was obviously, if you're local in St. Louis, we did Late Night Grindhouse last weekend, did really well. Uh <laughs> I didn't want to watch a screener of it, which they sent me. It was the only film that I've ever booked where I had not seen the movie, but I just booked it because of Panos, and I really like his style, and I figured I would like this, and this would do well, and it had a lot of hubbub about it. So I was like, okay, let's book it. And uh, it did not disappoint for me. Um, honestly, like, wa- you have to watch this in the movie theater, and I know that's a struggle because... Unless I don't you know have a 70-inch television. Yeah, I don't know how many people are 
are going to get to hear this because by the time this comes out, it'll be in its quote-unquote third weekend, and I don't know how many theaters are playing it. But You're robbing yourself watching yeah, if, VOD. If you uh, have a theater that is showing it, just go see it. Uh, we're not going to spoil anything. Let's make that important. I think we should do a Mandy-esque Mandy-esque or a Panos Cosmatos episode like when Mandy comes out on Blu-ray. But anyway, uh, it's honestly like my favorite film of the year. Um, I think it is the quintessential midnight movie uh, in modern ages. It hits all the right points. The audience was odd to see it with. Um, The Friday night audience, (laughs) they were a little rowdy. Um, but I was so deep into the movie. I didn't like the only thing that pissed me off was at the beginning and I ran upstairs and like was ready to crack heads. And then I heard nothing for like 17 minutes. So I came back downstairs and watched the rest of the movie. And, uh, I, I mean, somebody was drunk. Some, there was some girl that was like stumbling around. She cracked her ankle. So good. Hope you got hurt. No, that's asshole. <laughs> it's, it's just a movie. But um, yeah, she got smoked. Uh, like she smoked her ankle on something. But um, it was weird because like Friday seemed to be a little more reactive to certain things. Like when the Mandy title card comes in like an hour in, people were like losing their shit. They were like clapping and whatnot. But like the, the title cards were amazing. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I mean the other audiences didn't really do that. However, we watched it last night, and um, there was some girl that was getting pissed off at Jeremiah Sands' character, which is fine because <laughs> that's what you're supposed to do. She was. <laughs> it was it was at the scene where they're in the room and he's talking, and she, all I hear is like way in the back in the ba- I'm downstairs, and then the balcony. She goes. Oh, go fuck yourself. Like, yes. That's awesome. That's great. I was like, yes, that's exactly the reaction. And then when Mandy laughs at him, she was like, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I think it's a really good movie. Um, there's so many layers to it, which is why I think it deserves its own episode. Um, there's a lot of stuff to unpack about it. Um, you can look at it like a basic revenge film and uh, I'm curious because I think all three of us, except for Mike, are pretty much on the same page. But I'm going to shut up and you guys can talk about it. Yeah. So I, I, I'm i kind of with you. I, I think it's my favorite movie of the year. Yeah. I mean, it's far. one to uh, beat. It's one to beat right now. I mean, yeah, we still got like Halloween and, and Suspiria. And- I can understand why some weren't crazy into it because it's, it's a Panos movie. Yes, but oh, no, but no, it's, no, I mean, I don't, know if I, I, don't mean, I don't mean that in a bad way. When the movie started, I knew that's what it was because yeah, the it's, colors it's and either, the tone. It's going to click with you or it isn't. And I personally, that kind of stuff, like that, that's really my, my cup of tea, I guess. Yes, because yeah. like I love movies that are more of like a sensory experience where it's sight and sound. And if the, I'm the same if, way. if the script is bear you know as long as the images tell the story that that works for me like you could say Suspiria is kind of like that too or Mm -hmm. a lot of movies um I'd bring up THX 1138 I don't know if you guys have ever seen that but it's very you know stories told through the images and the sound and yeah yeah I love stuff like that so it it really really worked for me and it was like yeah there it, it was it was haunting. It was something I didn't expect to say was like, wow, it was actually like really 
beautiful. Like, oh, it yeah. It's just, like, well, surprisingly and, moving, actually, And, I mean, too. That's, yeah. that's the thing is, like, man, this, this, there's so much I want to talk about with this movie, and I'm, I'm going to hold back. I'm just going to write it all down so I make sure I don't miss anything. But there are so many layers to this story. You could look at it like a basic revenge story. You could look at it from a religious angle. You can look at it from a possible, you know, alcoholic and physical abuse angle. There's just so much little, little stuff. That so much from the drug on. angle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can look yeah. at it from the drug angle. You could look at it from the music angle because there's little tidbits throughout the whole thing. Um, I mean, there's there's a reason why those title cards look different, too. I mean, it's an evolution through music as well. But anyway, um, yeah, it's, you know, my top, top film so far of the year. And um, it is, you know, I've said it before on the podcast. I Images and sound can be my weakness. That's why Mario Bava is probably one of my favorite yeah. directors, because just visually... You can take a still look at his scene and know exactly what's happening in that scene. Um, Sound-wise, if you have a great soundtrack, and just sound design in general, the sound design in this, I mean, it gave Moolah's Theater a little bit of a workout, but... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was... Like, especially the when Jeremiah's saying in the Children of Dawn sequence starts, like, the bass is rumbling and shaking yeah, the speakers. that was so like, cool. Oof. And... I feel bad for anybody who watched it. You feel it bad for, first, for Mike? For, I'm sorry, Mike. <laughs> anybody who watched it on VOD and that I, was their I've first time watching it. No, it's like, not good I enough. Would've... I cranked it the fuck Not up. good enough. Yeah, I. <laughs> but even when I was watching it, like I was like, I can't imagine watching this at home the first time. There's no yeah. way it would be the same and experience. You know what? You like, know? Some people were... What pissed me off the most, and whether you like the movie or you don't like the movie, I get it, but... Um, Somebody was like, "Oh, I was trying to watch this on my phone," and uh, I wouldn't have even I'm like, watched you that. I watch everything kidding. on my phone, and I wouldn't have tried to watch like, that on my gotta phone. Gotta be fucking kidding yeah. me! You're gonna watch this on your phone, and then Dude, one guy was. Like, Some people watch things in different ways. No, yeah. TV shows. I get that. I get TV shows yeah. because it's easily digestible, and there's some TV shows I wouldn't watch on the phone I because it's that. more cinematic. Right. I I think it it depends on the content. Like yeah, with Panos, I mean, like beyond. But it also depends on the individual. No, some I, people don't I, really care. Oh, you should care. They don't. Some I, people don't. It doesn't. I mean, that, that's not for watch, you. Watching a movie like that for the first time on your phone, I feel robs you of experiencing a movie. It could. I no, it. I think it does. Period. Yeah. Like I don't think it could. I think it does. I think it could. Like, I, <laughs> you're going to tell me you're going to watch The Shining for the first I'm time? I'm not that guy. No, I know. Yeah. But what, what I'm saying is now the technology is so accessible. No, no, no. I'm just saying that the technology is so accessible that now it's so easy to watch a movie. Like, in Netflix, you know? Right, I but mean, that's how, that's how I know things that's are how, going. I know that's how content is digested now. Okay. I get that. But I'm just saying, like, Mandy is one of those movies that I don't think should be digested that way. And I know you didn't. I know no. you did your best to to watch Mandy the way it should. Right. Like you didn't watch it. I'm not trying to attack you, baby. No, I, I love you. <laughs> I love you. Oh, well, I for one, uh, I'm different than probably most people at this table because I'm not as a big of a horror nut as you guys are. I mean, I'm more of a collectivist. I love collectivist. Ooh. I love movies. I love oh, that's movies. a new word. I yeah. love movies and TV in general. I love it all, but. I went into this movie thinking I was going to hate it. 
because uh, you didn't like Beyond because the Black I did Rainbow. not like Beyond the Black Rainbow. I I uh, like I like I said before, I fell asleep during Beyond the Black Rainbow the first time, and right. the, and the second time I made it all the way through, and I was like, okay, I get it. It's it's super artsy and it's fun, but I, I'm just not into it. It's the same thing yeah. with Neon Demon. Everybody tells no, me Neon it. Demon is great, and I'm just no. not that into art films. Not everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I like Neon Demon, but yeah, I I'm mean, just, but. Its faults there's, are easily seen. <laughs> there's yeah. there's something that I like about this film that elevates it above the art art level to just it's an yeah. artsy film level. Yeah. And that's he took somebody normal like Nicolas Cage and shoved him in normal, the Normal though? I would not <laughs> Nicolas, call Nicolas Cage, Cage if normal. I was gonna if I was gonna make an art house film. He yeah. is not the person I would think you would put uh, in the art. No, so I get he's not the greatest yeah. actor in I get the world. Oh, no, come uh, he's on! A, he's, he's a great uh, actor he's, that does unconventional. He's work. He's a great actor that does unconventional work. But if you were going to think of somebody you would put in the mo- a movie that you wanted to be a perfect actor, Nicolas Cage is not my first choice that I would. I yeah, would think. Yeah, but as bonkers as the story is, he seems. Normal. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Is that's why I think the film works is because. It's artsy, but at the same time, it's not. Yeah. It's the exact opposite of what you would think would be in an art film where Nicolas Cage is running around with an axe he made slashing people up. Slashing people up. Um, Slash. I, I'm not as into the colors and stuff as you guys are. I get it. I think it's fun, but it's, it's, it's not as interesting. And I could definitely see what some people said where they said that Mike, I think you were the one that said that the the script had seven pages. I could definitely yeah. see where people would think that, right? And I could definitely see that that issue. But and they were all monologues. <laughs> they were all monologues. <laughs> Four of them were his speech. <laughs> but that's the thing. Here's the thing that I always have. Like, I understand you need a good screenplay to make a good movie, but you don't. It's not. That's not necessarily true. Though. It's not necessary. <laughs> well, right, right. You could have a shitty screenplay and have a really well done movie right. because that's I what feel like Kubrick us. is just like that. But yeah, exactly. And I mean, like when Beyond the Black Rainbow came out, people were comparing him to Kubrick because he was very precise in like his framing and his composition and just the general mood of things. And also THX 1138 was also brought up because of some of the sterilization. And anyway... Um, but like I, even if this fucking script was four pages, which I know it's not, uh, no, it was seven. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Uh. I'm sorry. <laughs> seven pages, uh, that were co-written by Panos and Aaron. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. sure they did that. Three and four. Very small print. <laughs> I wonder who the did way. the four pages. Anyway, <laughs> what I'm saying though is know. it's a fucking movie. It's, it's not a script just to screen. There's. There's more to translate, and there's a lot to this movie that I'm sure was explained in the screenplay. And, I mean, I, like I said, it's my favorite movie of the year. And I know Mike wasn't too hot on it, but... like no, I you, liked the movie. You liked it. Uh, look, it's, it's far from my favorite thing this year. I, I th- what is your I favorite think calling movie this year so far, though? The Nun. <laughs> <laughs> because honestly, the most the I most, still haven't seen Black Klansman. I haven't seen Sorry to Bother You. Uh, the the most enjoyable thing I know those I have is horror, Black Panther, man. That's I, the, I, that's yeah, one I of the best that. experiences. But, that well, horror wise, what is your favorite so far? Uh, ghost stories. 
Ghost and stories? I still need to see that. I, I need to see. That. I, I think mean, Ghost Stories is is phenomenal. Um, I keep waiting for it to drop in price, but it hasn't yet. And I watched a movie this morning that I was going to talk about last that um, I think is amazing. Well, you can talk about it. Uh, it's what keeps you alive. Oh, um, which is Colin Minahan's yeah, yeah, yeah. movie. Who he was one of the co-directors of Grave Encounters, and he directed uh, Stands the Sounds Red. So, what do you? What, so, like, what do you think is better about that film than Mandy? I'm just, I, oh, I, I don't disagree with you like at all. That sounds like comparing apples to oranges. I, to be yeah, honest. I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't compare the two. There, M- Mandy is is an experience kind of movie. And you know, you mentioned Kubrick and stuff. I, I'm I've never been the biggest Kubrick fan. Well, neither yeah. have I. I. I like I like Kubrick. I'm, I'm not the biggest 2001 fan. Hmm. I kind of wanted to go and see it in IMAX, but it only played for a few days, right, and I right. missed it. Um, you know, I, I it's it's very Lynchian. Uh, and I I watched Wild at Heart the other day, and I don't even like that as much as I used to. Yikes. Man. Uh, I, I, Hello, mom. No, Can you I, pick me up? No, I'm very. I no, I'm like very it. much. I just don't his, like. I'm I don't very much in his camp. I'm very much oh. that way. These the the movies that most people would consider uh, artistic or you know experiences. I'm very much like you. I don't like them. I I think this The Shining by Stanley Kubrick is is a, is a fine film. But would I choose to watch it if somebody said, hey, what horror movie do you want to watch? No. It would not be that's, one of my first stories. That's definitely one of my tops. So. Yeah. So, but, but I'm also, just, you're also talking to the guy that's like, I can't watch The Shining unless it's winter. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right. That's true. Yeah, um, I got to get in the mood. But, but what did it for me, and I, I'm curious to see what you thought, what I liked was the injection, like I said, of Nicolas Cage, the injection of something that's, an antithesis to what would normally be, uh, I would consider an artistic angle. There, there's a moment that's in the middle of the movie that I don't want to really go into, but it 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 pulled me completely out of it. Um, well, can you give I, us a little bit of context? It has so to do I know his shirt. Is it, is it? Oh, okay. Nudity? And it's it's that moment. My shirt. <laughs> it, it's, it's that moment that 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 totally. It's like. Oh, this movie isn't serious at all. What is this? <laughs> and it, it's just it's just a, a thing that happens in the middle of the movie that just kind of pulled me completely out of oh, it. No. I like the experience of the movie. I, th- I thought it's 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 really interesting. I I like I like artistic films with uh, you know a style over substance kind of thing. But I as I've grown older, I've become more <laughs> into substance over style i'd say there's plenty film. of substance there is there substance is a lot of substance there is but it's all in subtext it's and that's substance abuse <laughs> let's get high motherfuckers the, the, <laughs> i was talking to a friend about this before because and this is sort of off topic but sort of on topic we were arguing yeah. about we were talking about cartoon network and how everybody <laughs> said no how everyone Sorry, I didn't says, know where this is going no how everyone says cartoons now are yeah. so dumb well, that's no. because no, 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 no. The reason why is because cartoons now don't have subtext. They are, they are, they like. For instance, we were talking about Teen Titans Go, and they said, "Oh, Teen Titans Go is just stupid because it's it's all wacky." I said, "No, I every cartoon used to be wacky. Yeah, they used to be wacky in subtext though. Audiences today 
don't aren't as into subtext. They want the scientists to tell us. They want somebody to explain it to them. They're not into subtext. He is not alone in feeling that way. He's perfectly. Well, this I, is I, a therapy session. No, no, no. I'm, I'm being honest. <laughs> no, He's I not alone that, in feeling. You're not alone, Mike. Yeah, Mike that, it's that okay. That you're kind of put me in a little different place. I, I, I'm not exactly like that. Um, we're not putting you in a corner. Nobody yeah, puts we, we all like no, 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 no. <laughs> I don't. I not, no. I'm not trying to say. I'm not trying to label you or anything like that. I'm saying it's a prevailing wisdom nowadays that that's why things are so literal all the time is because audiences just don't like subtext like they used to. I don't to. know. General, <laughs> general, general audiences. Yeah, yeah mainstream is, is, audiences. I get that. Yeah. Yes, for sure. But, I mean, that's. I think that's what uh, makes something have longevity, right, is to have more beyond the surface. Like Mandy, you know, I mean, I know not everybody's going to fucking love Mandy. It's still a divisive film. Yeah. But I don't think it's as divisive as Beyond the Black Rainbow because Beyond the Black Rainbow, to that me, I that's I like a seven-page script. That, I would have believed there was seven pages to Beyond the Black Rainbow. There's more context to Mandy, in, in my opinion. I think at least at least 21 pages. <laughs> so, but I think it's more. I mean, there's got to be more to it. And But, but I don't want I, – I want – I agree with him completely that if – what you're looking for is something that is exactly what it appears to be. If you're be. looking for a linear experience, it's Mandy not is that. Not it's not, it. it's not going to give you a linear experience no. at all. Yeah. And I, I just, I'm just the kind of person that prefers a linear experience. And there's nothing that, wrong at, with that at all. At this exactly. age, when I was younger, that was not necessarily the case. Uh, I, I, you know. And believe it or not, at, believe it or not, if you look at what does well, if you look at the kind of things oh, that yeah. that play today, no, I know. he is in the majority of people who want a linear experience. It's not like the old days where King Kong can show up and we don't know where the hell King Kong came from or why he came here. He's just here and he's wrecking the buildings. Right. Today's audiences want somebody to come out and tell us King Kong is here because we took his kids because. You know, uh, you just described Rampage, basically. Yeah, yeah I, I'm saying, I'm saying. Mike, though, did that, you that, like Rampage? No, not at all. <laughs> Jesus. But the that point, the point, the point is, people nowadays want a linear experience, and and that that goes directly into the Blair Witch because the Blair oh, Witch here we go. isn't Segway. a linear. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, it does. It goes directly into it because the Blair Witch is not a linear experience. It's one of the reasons why it's lasted so long. It's one of the reasons why it has a remake and a sequel. Because the subtext is what people remake. like. It's a re- uh, requel. It's a re- requel. Come on. Uh, if they reference the no, first movie, it cannot we'll be get a, it's a requel. <laughs> we'll get to it. But the, but what I but what I'm trying to say is that movie today would not fly as well as it did back then. It wouldn't have done as well. It wouldn't be as popular as it was. Well, no, Blair Witch was not popular Re- because audiences. Oh, it was popular. It just wasn't no, liked the, by everybody. The new yeah. one. Oh, oh yeah, Blair Witch, no, not man. the Sorry. Blair Witch. People don't like the subtext anymore. <laughs> I hate how we have to clarify that now. <laughs> Somebody else was saying <laughs> we really were talking about Blair Witch last night, and I'm like Blair Witch or Blair Witch Project because now we have to say the Blair yeah. Witch Project. What's well, just like, like the, Predator the, Predators, the, yeah, predator. the Predator, the thing, the Come thing. On, just, yeah. Now we have Halloween. Put a Halloween. fucking <laughs> subtitle on a movie and shut the fuck up. Yeah, just put we, a subtitle on it. Halloween, I made so. a yeah, yeah, I made a tweet about that. Like, Halloween, oh, you Halloween, should check Halloween. out Halloween. And I think, <laughs> have you Which seen one? it? <laughs> How is it? 
Anyway, uh, that's, no, my favorite, think, that's my favorite response to something. If somebody says like, this movie is really good, yeah. have you seen it? How is it? Or four years <laughs> the, down the what line, are you talking about four years down the line. Oh, you should check out the sequel. Oh, Halloween two? No, 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 no. Halloween, Halloween two by Rabs up? No, Halloween. Halloween. I just saw Halloween. No, the sequel. <laughs> And then, and, then, and then we have to put the year on the yeah, end. Yeah, now we and have then to it's put the Halloween. Year. Yeah, it's gonna be yeah, Damn exactly. It. We're gonna. Which just sounds oh, like. Have you seen John Carpenter's Halloween '78? Real good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, okay. no, but there going, were '78 of them. Jesus, uh, going Joseph in, wants to bring it back. It's gonna be going into the main topic. That is what happened to Blair Witch Two. They ripped every piece of subtext out of that movie and tried to make it linear. And the problem was the director and the writer wrote a non-linear story. Dick Beebe. Dick Beebe. <laughs> that's what they... I mean, I mean, if you think about it, that's what they did. Yeah. So, so this conversation about Mandy goes directly into the main topic. I can... I, I don't know. I have a little bit of trouble swallowing that, but I, I get what you're saying. Um, I mean... Look, here's what it will say. Three of us saw it in the theater. One of us didn't. Boom. Who didn't? It was the guy that didn't like it the most. I <laughs> just kidding. Did not like it. <laughs> no, you liked it. Yeah. You just don't think he's it's not going to exalt it. I raced it at half point. Oh, uh, after oh. the fact. Was That's it the peer good. pressure? So yeah. It must no, been, uh, it was. It was thinking back on it and listening to the Shockwaves episode yeah. with Panos that having him talk about the movie and hearing his thoughts on what he was trying to do. I think it's, uh, it's more of a, if somebody can, if somebody explains where they're coming from or something, I can kind of appreciate it. You more. can put them in the, that mindset. Right? Yeah. And so that, and that kind of brings us into Blair Witch too as well, because, um, and yeah, 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 yeah. hearing about reading about and hearing about, there's a good YouTube video. That's about 18 minutes long. That's right. Um, that goes into what the movie was trying to do, and we'll and put it in the, the show hidden, notes. All the hidden stuff that's in the movie, and you so, know, we'll get yeah, we'll, we'll get into it. it. But the, it's something like that that it was like, well, that made me appreciate the movie a lot more. I still don't like it. Right. I still think Blair Witch Two is a piece of shit. But but it didn't have to be. It didn't that's have the, to. That's be. the no. problem. It did not have to be. Okay. Well, let's let's rein it back a little bit because I don't want you to get too deep into it because that's what get up and then guts. Yeah, well, about. let's get up and then guts. Uh, yeah. Okay. Up. Anyway, so what, what you want to talk about that other movie though? What keeps you alive? Yeah, it's uh, it's a really good thriller. Uh, a lesbian couple go into Ooh. the woods to visit. Uh, <laughs> it's a uh, it's like a, a mountain house that she grew up in. One of the girls and. Uh, she has a secret, and that's that's about all I can she say about has it. A secret because uh, the movie really just goes from there. Does secret. Oh, I didn't have yours on. Damn it! <laughs> secret love. Damn it, guys! Oh. All these special effects. <laughs> anyway, so all it's, right. It's on VOD from uh, IFC Midnight. Uh, I think it's so I think it'll probably it's be really added on Blu-ray in a few months. But yeah, I do yeah. want to check that out. Um, anyway, okay, so let's go ahead and get up in the guts where we talk about mainly Blair Witch 2, Book of Shadows, but we're obviously going to go all over the place, just yep. like we do normally. Get out of my get out of my get out of my 
right. So before we get into uh, <laughs> before we get into October Halloweeny time, we wanted to uh, bring in the Blair Witch stuff. And uh, Paul, uh, also like, Paul. Kinda, we kind of introduced it in the last episode. Yeah, last when episode I had, when I had like a month ago when I watched the Blair Witch Two, and uh, we were going to talk about it during what we've been watching. It's like, well, this is more of a discussion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I, yeah, I guess it kind of is. I mean, the the franchise as a whole is a uh, is an interesting thing. Well, I mean, the franchise as a whole starts out being interesting because the first movie was made on a shoestring budget and you know sex tuppled its budget in in revenue i mean it was one it, it still is the most successful indie film of all time last that, time no, I no no i thought paranormal no. activity did it yeah paranormal it. beat it and then something else has beaten it since but oh. but it was but i mean for but, uh, yeah, for a long it, time yeah. it was it it, it that and the viral marketing. The I will always mm. contend that the viral marketing of the Blair Witch Project was one of the greatest aspects of the film and well, yeah. should be recognized in the filmmaking process. But it, I mean, it was also the first really viral marketing um, because nobody knew what it was. Right. It was and, the and internet is was new. Well, yeah, but also I mean the the fact that it's a film that nobody knew about because it was so low, low budget, they didn't. You know, they didn't know. They didn't. I mean, I remember, like, I always knew it was fake, but did you? There know? Were, yeah, I mean, I followed <laughs> the movie for a while. I actually. Did anybody here think it was real? Well, I was. Let's see, what was that? Ninety nine. Yes, yes, sir. So I. I was like ten years old, but I. I didn't think it was real because I. I I think I saw that Steak and Shake commercial yeah. <laughs> at that time <laughs> with Heather Donahue, but I uh, I knew lots of people who thought it was real. Yeah, like, I mean, I there was a good, healthy amount of people there. Like, oh fuck, Mike, this is gonna Mike, be like a snuff film. I don't think I don't think any of us actually thought it was real at the time. I went and saw. I it was kind of a, a last minute thing. It was like it was sold out all over town. Um, Keep in mind, this was the same year as Star Wars Episode One. Right. Yeah. So, like the summer, every theater was sold out. That's it actually when out. it was like every showtime was sold out too. Yeah. It was like Jesus. And that's when I started working at a movie theater. Was that year because they're like, oh god, we need help with Star Wars, and and so they working. kept adding like more later showtimes. And I think I think I went saw it with Eric and Casey, and I think we saw it at Hi Eric and Casey. <laughs> at, I don't know if either of them listen. All right, um, but I got them together and we i don't i think we saw it at like a one o'clock show or something like that one in the morning so when you worked at the theaters did they give out the barf bags no 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 no. No? um they warned people at the box office like hey this this may give you motion sickness because you found out that first night if people got sick or not and there were a good healthy amount there's at least one person that had to walk out every show time especially at night which was kind of odd but Somebody had to walk out, and they're like, no, I just felt dizzy. Uh, I think we had a couple of people puke, but they made it to the bathroom. They didn't puke in the auditorium. So that was good. But, like, I followed the movie since it premiered at Sundance. I think that's when the, the hype train started rolling. And um, I forget what message board I was on, but I was on some message board where they were talking about it, and I was it was right before Sundance. And then it premiered at Sundance, and I just kind of followed it through. 
because so many people, I mean, the the biggest quote is like the most terrifying film ever made. And I'm like, oh, I'm down for that. <laughs> and, you know, like when you look at the story off, off the surface, I'm like, man, this is this sounds a little bit like Cannibal Holocaust, which was a movie that not a lot of people knew about. At least I didn't know. Not a lot of people still know. Yeah, about I, it. I didn't yeah. know a lot of people that knew about it because, I mean, also Cannibal Holocaust for a long time was hard to get. I, I remember I. It was still. It. it still had bands back then, yeah. didn't it? Well, I don't know if it was. It, it wasn't. It stores refused to it carry. It was never it. officially banned in the states, but it was very hard to get a good copy. And typically, you were getting like fifth generation VHS copies to get an uncut version with all the animal violence. So. It was a tough get. I mean, I just got that Blu-ray. Yeah, it's a great Blu-ray <laughs> too. Um, but I mean, most of the time you would get that movie like through the back of Fangoria through like some trading thing. But yeah. uh, you know, I was like, oh, that sounds it sounds kind of familiar. Three filmmakers go in to make a documentary, blah blah blah. Um, but they're separate films. If you've never seen Campbell Holocaust, for sure they are separate films. <laughs> <laughs> one, one is more of a commentary about news sensationalism this one it's is really funny. a ghost story <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah mm. i mean it's kind of funny i don't know it's kind of <laughs> scary in my opinion but cannibal holocaust it, yeah yeah because i mean think about it it was 1980 and they're already talking about how they're kind of i don't want to give the film away but they the last bit of it where it shows who's really the bad guy yeah i mean that's that's stuff that gets echoed now where it's manipulation of news media. So uh, if you want to talk about prophecies, I think that kind of prophesies hey. some of it. Hey. <laughs> was that your walking? Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> that, that was more of a, a Travolta. Yeah. If anything. <laughs> I was just hey. trying to figure out. How Royale with Fonte. cheese. That's a Henry Winkler. Uh, Emmy hey. winner. Oh, Emmy finally. winner. Henry, Henry wow. Winkler. Have, has anybody watched Barry? By the way, I it's have fucking great. I've watched a couple of episodes. It's I need so to catch great. Up. Anyway, so yeah, um, I was really big into this. My mom, you know, I hyped her up on it, and then like some of the articles came out, like Newsweek. I remember that magazine coming out with them on the cover, and I told my mom, I'm like, hey, we need to see this opening night, and so we saw it opening night, and. <laughs> I think us and maybe a few other people really liked it. Everybody else, I mean, this was also the very first movie that was pretty much found footage. That's where it all came from. Mm -hmm. Except for, you know, Cannibal Holocaust is also found footage. I get it. But this was the first wide release. Mainstream. Yeah, yeah. This is where that term kind of came in. Yeah. And some people thought it was going to be a professional movie, and then some people thought it was really just tapes found and this is uh, edited. I mean, the whole movie starts off like this is what Hacks and Films edited together for the families or whatever. Like, like now thinking that how would anybody believe this now at this point? <laughs> I don't know if it's just how cynical we are now or if it's just like, it's, how it's, could it's anybody technology. fall for this? No, uh, it's technology back then. We didn't have the level of knowledge that we have now. Right. So it was completely believable that these people went into the woods with a video camera, filmed a bunch of stuff, and and somebody went looking for them and found these tapes. It was also believable because n nothing is shown. It, and everybody thought everything yeah. on the internet was real. 
But no, but, back yeah. then everybody thought if it no, was on I, the internet, it was true. I know it's still true, right? <laughs> um, but no, Mike does touch a good point. I mean, I, I think we are more cynical now, and we are not as gullible. But also, like, you have to figure that this film obviously was marketed as a film, right? But there was also this underlying current narrative of like, hey, we're putting out this film. So we can hopefully find these kids or find their whereabouts. They found her. She mm-hmm. was at stake and change. No, I know. <laughs> stop. But, but you know what I'm saying? Like, they actually put out this underscore. The it, whole that, time. That's what, the whole web, that's what the whole website was about. Yeah. Like, please find these people. You know, help us. Give us as much information as you can. Maybe you'll see something in this footage that we don't see as editors hired by the families to yeah. try to do this. So there was that underlying nar- narrative. And I think... The, but I don't think th- the media didn't even fall for it. No. In, no. in the way that Cannibal Holocaust, obviously, they fell for oh, that yeah, shit. Yeah. Which is, I mean, he, had to he was court. on fucking trial. Yeah. I mean, it was, uh, yeah. it, that's that's insane to me that yeah. somebody would see that and think, well, this dude went to the jungle and filmed some people especially, dying. Especially since Cannibal And then Holocaust he released it a as a theatrical. You have to look at, I mean, just to talk about Cannibal Holocaust really quick. You have to look at it as a portrait of film history as well, because I mean, keep in mind this is the the late seventies was all exploitation films, right. and I don't think anybody. I thought it seems like the general public was like, I would not put it past somebody to go out and kill people and film it and try to pass it off as entertainment. And by song. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly, <laughs> and I mean that's why we get those films later down the line. That right. kind, con- they're the kind of commentary and satire. But, you know, I mean, that's that's why. And plus you had the blending of, like, actual real animal violence and the human violence that happens, which is obviously fake because they didn't kill them. But the blurred... That we know of. The blurred lines of reality, I mean, yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, this... <laughs> people were naive back then, for mm-hmm. sure. And yeah. also people had pitchforks and they wanted to do some damage, you know? I mean, the video nasty area era in uh, UK, you know, it, it, that's a whole nother discussion. Now it's though. keyboard f- pitchforks. <laughs> Good one. Good one. <laughs> anyway. So, uh, yeah, Blair Witch Project, the Blair Witch Project did really well, uh, but it definitely divided audiences because there was, I mean, that one screening, my mom and I, it's the only film that has made my heart skip a beat to this day. Like yeah, once that I'm, final frame comes, I'm just like I'm breathless. I can feel my heart pounding, and it like skips. I've had just a few experiences that have been kind of similar, where something happens out of nowhere. It and still creeps yeah. me out to this day. Oh yeah, sound sound design in that movie yeah. is like one of the best. And my mom felt it. the same way. We're sitting next to each other, and we're just like, whoa. We both, I I can feel her energy. She can feel mine, and we're like, holy shit, what the fuck was that? But then the thing that broke it was the guy in the back, like. That movie fucking sucked. <laughs> it's yeah. like, God wow. damn it. Just an eruption <laughs> of booze. Yeah, and when it was very ended. reactionary because, I mean. That was your Get Out experience, but, right? That's what ruined Get Out <laughs> for you. Did, right no, now, right, Mike? No, no, no. no they liked it too much. Yeah. Oh, they problem. liked it too yeah. much. Yeah. They, they were happy that the honkies were getting it. So, <laughs> <laughs> but, but, I mean, it was kind of interesting to, to kind of watch this violent reaction to this movie. And it's like, oh. I get why they're upset. It's not a normal narrative. You don't get to see the Blair Witch. Because that was the other thing. Like, I remember... uh, So, I saw the Blair Witch Project 
nine times in the theater. Wow. A lot of that was because I worked at the theater. Okay. Like we, we had employee screenings and sometimes like we were off and we would watch movies, the movie together because there was a group of like four people that really dug the film and we just watched it. I mean, it was all free. So, um, but there was, there was definitely another screening where they're running through the woods and Heather's like, what the fuck is that? What is that? And like, this guy's like, what the fuck is what? I can't see shit. (laughs) And it's like, yo, that's the scariest part of the movie for me. Yeah. And I mean, and that's like maybe the first time when I'm like, well, if you have an imagination, I think that's what creeps you out about that film more so than what you're actually seeing on screen. Even though, you know, there is there was something in the woods, and you can kind of maybe see. It, I was going to ask about that. Have you ever been able to see, or has there ever been? We photos saw of we saw the Blair Witch. Was, it was a tree monster. <laughs> <laughs> well, are, was there? Have, have we ever seen what was supposed to be not, seen? Not really, because the definition's just so low. Yeah, you can't really see it. But no behind the scenes. Photos but once or you well, once you hear about what was done and what somebody was wearing, it's like, oh, okay. You can maybe make out something, but that could also be your brain trying yeah. to fill in the blanks too. Yeah. So I'm not going to say with certainty that yeah, it might I be for it. the for the better. Yeah, <laughs> for honestly, the best yeah. that. I, that well, didn't... what's scary about this movie is you don't see the Blair Witch, which is what the re- the requel ruined. Is you saw the Blair Witch? I don't want to see the Blair Witch. That's not the problem. That, is that the movie. Blair Witch. Actually, I I like I like that part of the movie. You know, I like that movie actually. Um, Get out! I no, hey, stop <laughs> it! Stop no, it! That's a great movie. I no, I I liked the new Blair Witch movie, particularly the last half hour of it, because the the first most of it is just the same as the first right, movie. Right, right, right. But once you get to that last half hour, well, it's just like it's good. it's just like a long chase, yeah. and you're you're I okay. I'll give you I'll the, give you that. Like the that, last half some hour. Of, some of that was some really well done creepy stuff if the rest of the movie had been the only like parts i liked about the new one were the parts that interacted with the old one that was the how i felt i felt when we were we were crossing over into the old one i liked it but everything new they tried to put into it i was not a fan of. i think it would have been better if they had made a movie where it was more in the vein of the witch where it's about ellie kedward and that's you know, what going, they originally which wanted to would do. Which would have been right. so cool. That would have been great. Could, well, could I guess still happen. I guess we'll work our way there. Um, big, I, I watched Blair Witch with commentary, which I don't think I had done before. Oh, with well, hold on. Blair Witch or the, the Blair Witch Project? The Blair Witch Project. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, the first one. Because the Blair Witch commentary with Anne Wingard Oh, I know. It's is, great. Oh, it's, it's pretty great. great. Yeah. It's the only reason I own they're the They're pissed off. <laughs> it's, they're pissed, it's fun. They're pissed off. It's, it's like the week after yeah. the movie came yeah. out. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. So did they mess with that movie, too? Uh, no, 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 no. No. I don't oh. think so. No, I mean, honestly, like, I just, I just feel that Blair Witch has some good ideas, but it just... It gets way too convoluted. Yeah. So and I watched I watched the Dubler Witch with Merrick and Sanchez commentary. And somebody else is on the camera. Uh as well. probably Rob That sounds kinda right. Or Rock. Uh Ben Rock. Benjamin Rock. Yeah. And probably Neil Edwards, the cinematographer. Yeah. It's 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 a, I can't remember who's all on that. It's a commentary. fun commentary and talking about it's interesting oh, seeing where they come came up with th- with ideas and w- how much the actors did mm-hmm. 
and uh, where they found the extras, and you know, it, it's so much about that movie that feels real. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean that, and that's the benefit of Blair Witch is is it blurs the line. I mean, you it you. Here's the great here here in my opinion, and I don't want to spend too much time on Blair Witch. I want to get to Blair Witch too. Right, that's we're the main there. topic. We're, we're getting there, guys. But they, um, I think the thing that makes Blair Witch Project strong is that you know these kids, if you want to even call them kids. You know these students. You know these characters because you've met. I mean, here's maybe where Mike and I might be a little more beneficial because we've had, like, we've kind of studied film. So you revolve yourself around those characters. Like you have somebody that's the overzealous documentary that thinks they're going to make the best documentary that they're ever going to make. And Mm -hmm. it's going to catapult them into stardom. And, and that's Heather, you know, she wants just to make the best documentary. Josh is just there for the ride. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then Mike just got whisked in uh, last minute because apparently like he's, he's the sound guy, like their original sound guy dumped out i mean yeah he bailed and then mike jumped in so what's interesting about it is like you have you have josh his character played by josh leonard um who is he wants to make a documentary like he's still got the fam film passion but he's trying to be more level-headed whereas heather is trying to like uplift it like her opening speech in the Burkittsville Cemetery is pretty hokey. Yeah, she's trying yeah, to she's, she's trying to sensationalize. Yes, yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. I think the other thing that makes it work though is they were really scared. Mm-hmm. They really oh, had yeah. no idea what was going on. They yeah. just right. threw them in the woods That's and said we're going to yeah, film yeah, you. But the having the commentary, they talk a lot and about having scenes. <laughs> How they got certain scenes. Right. And having scenes where they like go back to the hotel and they're eating chips and drinking whiskey. I mean, that's all relatable. Yeah. And that's all important for what we're about to experience later because we need to know who these characters are. We need to understand and we need to kind of already connect with them right off the bat. So I think that's why they are these kind of archetypal characters. And I think it works better for a certain group of people. Like, and that's why I think maybe mainstream people that just go out to go see movies didn't identify with some of these characters and maybe that's why it was a stronger film for me at least was because I'm like oh I know somebody like a Heather oh I know somebody like a Josh and I know somebody like a Mike who's just there but um and Mike's kind of the straight man of it all like Josh and Heather film people Mike's just like I'm just doing this because whatever money yeah Yeah. (laughs) like when he kicks the map in the creek I'm like, that's funny, that's scary, but it's also relatable. It's just like he was so frustrated. And he's like, I don't give a shit about what you guys are doing. I just went out. Yeah. And I'm kicking the map because that just seems sensible. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I think that was th- when that happened in the theater, that was there was like the audible groan. Yeah, because I mean, you know narratively that's not going to work in their benefit. No, and and <laughs> and I think I think that was part of that point in the movie is where people pull out. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Anyway. So, yeah. Blair Witch comes to become a f- phenomenon. And but how much of a July. phenomenon it is goes into the second one because they couldn't do the same thing a second time. They could have. Right. But they didn't. Uh, it, they first one was released in 
July 30th of 99. But really August wide. Yeah. And then uh, the second one is October uh, of... 21st. 27th. 27th? Okay. October 27th of 2000. So less than a year uh, for production, probably. Uh, About a year for production. Right? Yeah. Less than a year. Less Less than a year year. for production total. They gave them more money and told them they wanted them to make a sequel. Yeah, and they hired... uh, Joe Berlinger. Joe Berlinger, who's a a very accomplished uh, documentarian. Brothers Keeper, um, Paradise, Paradise Lost. Lost was the big one, right? Yeah. And since he's gone on, to you know, let, two let's more face of those it, and Artisan Entertainment was pretty much the new independent company, and now at this point, they want to position themselves in the Miramax p- position of sorts, and they want to move up. And they have, you know, they bought this little film called Blair Witch Project, and then it blew up, and they're like, okay, we need to capitalize on it. And get our name out there. And they didn't understand why it was a success. Right. Exactly. They hired Jeffrey Donovan, who I love. I love Burn Notice. Yeah. I I actually liked Shut Eye on Hulu. I did too. Um, They had all the right ingredients to make a good film. And I think watching... But they didn't trust the director. No, they didn't trust him to do what he does. Because they thought they knew why the film would be successful, and what they did was they turned it into a really generic horror movie. Right. It's like it's like they they <laughs> they thought that the first one was successful for everything that it was not. Right. Mm. It was like yeah, there there is no gore in that movie. And here's the thing: like, I mean, there's some pulled teeth. I was super excited to see <laughs> Blue Witch too. That's about it. Because I was such a huge fan of the first one. Like I said, I fucking watched it nine times in the theater. I remember setting up the standees at the this one at the theater. Too? No, I <laughs> saw it once in the theater. So I watched it opening night. We actually, um, and I'm going to post this in the show notes and uh, hopefully in the Facebook group. I have pictures of our displays at the theater. Oh, that's awesome. um, from Blair Witch Two. Actually, I should probably go grab those. But um, Are the standees cool. Yeah, I mean the the standees was it told the whole mythology. And at one point, I had. They're, they ha- they had pull-out tabs, and I had those all pulled off. I didn't have the base. <laughs> Pull out. But I <laughs> I left them at the theater, and then I quit Werenberg, so they got trashed. I was kind of bummed out about that because those were technically mine. Uh, set them aside. But anyway, regardless, I don't know where the fuck I would have put that damn thing. It was huge. <laughs> um, it had sound. It had – but it, it uh. stole all – it basically told – some of the timeline in the dossier that I'm pointing to that nobody can see on uh, that's listening to us, but I'm pretty sure like there's a timeline in there, kind of like a summary, and it had yes, I can Mike. hear it now. <laughs> but um, it just told it in like little panels, and then it ended with oh, and then Blair Witch Two happened or whatever. Um, but yeah, I we decorated everything and we put like handprints on the walls, tons of missing posters. I was psyched for it. I created a Blair Witch mix, not like the official Blair the Witch one that mix. Came out, yeah. What I did was I took, um, I just recorded the end credits sequence with all the sound effects. So and creepy. I interspliced like dialogue from the first Blair Witch and they would just come in at random times. Still have that? I do not. Oh, I looked that'd be for so it. Cool to have. I I'm going to still see if I can find it, but it's I uh, 
I burnt it on a CDR, and I don't think I ever saved the original. I mean, we're talking like two, yeah. 18 years make, ago. Make a new one. Yeah, I'll just, I'll just make it. <laughs> uh, but it's yeah, so like so back cool. in the day in the movie theater, you know, you had the show tunes or the movie tunes. We turned it off for the auditoriums that had Blair Witch 2 and played just that mix. And it was really, that's it was a nice mood setter, and that's exactly what we wanted to do. And I'm like, I'm so hyped for this movie. And then we watched Blair Witch 2, and... Uh, <laughs> I hated it. I hated it at the scene we were talking about off mic where they're around the campfire and they're just getting drunk and getting wasted and the Queens of the Stone Age song, which I like Queens of the Stone Age. I like that song. But I'm like, really? This is really on the fucking nose. (laughs) Like this. I I almost hate this movie now because it's, it's doing everything incorrectly. You know, it's at that point. It's like, I don't think... The studio knew what they were doing, no, and then at that point, like I was, I was naive. I didn't know the backstory about it. And I'm like, I don't think the director knows what the fuck he's doing with this. From so the so let's establish the second one. The plot of the second one is Jeffrey Donovan is this sleazy kind of guy that runs a tour that takes you through Burkittsville. It's like a Blair Witch tour right. that it's he runs. It's a movie that mm-hmm. takes... And there's two people that are filmmakers, uh, this girl that's a Wiccan, and I don't really know what the girl in all the black makeup is doing. She's, she's a, just she's there. A she's just your goth. You <laughs> she's know? a goth. She, she likes she, the movie. They go so. on this tour with him. She even said and, that. I thought the movie was cool. And yeah. hilarity, you know, hilarity ensues. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I think the very premise of the idea that we we talk about when we talk about the Blair Witch Two, which sort of bends to what Andy was saying, where I don't think the director knows what he's doing. If you if you watch the video that we're talking about, or you listen to anything he's talked about, he knew exactly what he was doing. He was trying to write a movie about how we react to something like the Blair Witch Project, how it can corrupt us, how it can make us believe things that aren't necessarily true. All right, it was using the popularity of the movie to, to create a meta commentary about the movie. Um, and Artisan didn't like that. I, well, they they had him film the movie. I, I don't understand how it got that far. Well, so, I mean, they they just let him do his thing because they trusted him, and... They're like, hey, you're gonna do a great job because you've you have documentary work, so you're obviously gonna film this narrative very well. And then they got it and they say, Where's the blood? Where are the tits? Right. Where's and, the rock music? And yeah, it's, it's like right <laughs> off the Where's the rock music? Right off the bat. They thought <sighs> exactly like any other studios, like where are the things that are going to sell this movie? Yeah. You know, I need blood, I need tits, I need gore. I want Even that, though that's, I want that rock and roll, yeah. I want that Marilyn Manson track. Look, man, he, here's the good thing: like, even though I've grown to appreciate the film a little bit more, I still think it's a huge mess. But, yeah. but um, it introduced me to At the Drive-In, <laughs> so, <There you> go. <laughs> and Poe, uh, which is an interesting side story with Poe Haunted, that whole album, which mm-hmm. ties into House of Leaves. So, anyway. Um, but yeah, they just left him alone and he, I think he shot it in like January or February, some, some winter, winter months. Yeah. 
And uh, then they saw the cut and they're like, oh, God, we need to intervene. And basically they turned it into the stereotypical, you know, horror film. And a lot of that is because of the teenage horror films that were popular just a few years ago. They thought that's what this audience would want. And I mean, it, it didn't wasn't. turn off. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it was not it was not really well assembled. And I'm always going to say it's not a well assembled film. Because I feel bad saying it's a bad film. Because now that you know that the film was taken away from from Joe and Artisan did whatever they wanted and they flipped around scenes. I mean, they, they literally fired reshots. him. They yeah. literally and he, I think, but he was allowed to do the reshoots. That yeah, was the they weird had part. him. They had he shot the uh, I, all the murders of the, yeah, the foreign, but begrudgingly. Right, because, right in his backyard. I think he needed. I think he wanted the money. I think they told him if you don't. I do don't the think reach, it was a money thing. You know, I, I think it was a control thing where, like, he's like, I don't agree with this, but I'll but be if damned you, if, if somebody you else want is going to happen. It. Yeah, it's my fucking movie. I'm right. going to do this. So I'm that's surprised I, he left his name on. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he could have totally done an Alan Smithy thing, but I think he was just kind of hopeful that maybe it would be a box office hit and maybe he'll get another job or another gig. And it didn't work out like that because that movie is pretty fucking abysmal. Uh, but it's no fault to Joe. And I feel bad every time I watch it because it's like <laughs> it's like things, you know, it, it's like you get a good salad and there's some shitty parts and you just got to pick them apart. So I always watch the movie. It's like, oh, yeah. This I wish we had a director's movie. cut of it. Yeah. I really but it's do. never going to happen. And, and, and now, like, Artisan has become Lionsgate and that whole library has been involved. Unless Lionsgate says, hey. We're going to give you that opportunity. I don't think they're ever going to because, I mean, it's not going to make tons of money. There's not a lot of fans of Blair Witch 2 no. in general to start that uprising of like, hey, give this guy the up, uh, the director's cut. There are two fan cuts that I found out there that I I'm not didn't actually find. I found the information that they exist. I could not actually find mm-hmm. the edits themselves, but mm-hmm. there are two that um, both try to recreate and yeah if you listen to the commentary you and you have some editing software you can do it right and Mm. they've done it to to basically what what he had said and what they've read and all that information so i i would have liked to have seen that i i hunted high and low and i mean there are some great sequences in there you see rustin parr yeah, in the, in, he, the, in the convenience in the convenience store, store he which says, I'm, I, I'm, I'm finished now. Which is what he said after <laughs> yeah. he killed I had the kids. no fucking clue until I watched The Shadow of the Blair Witch that that's who that was. Yeah. In the, yeah. I, 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 there's a lot of interesting no callbacks, idea. and there's a lot of interesting things in it. and like The hidden messages throughout. Well, the, so the hidden messages, I knew this was going to come The secret of Ezarev. Was not part of the original film so that that's where that guy on the youtube thing got it wrong it was not part of the theatrical release it was home video and what the reason why was like well shit now people know this is a dog shit movie how do we sell it we're gonna put this gimmick in there and it was you know i'll i played along i did the (laughs) thing and like I didn't. I I don't remember the one thing that did surprise me about that YouTube video, which we'll put in the show notes so you can check out as well. Um, there were certain hidden messages that I don't remember seeing. Um, so I, I'll probably go back and rewatch it again um, because I haven't watched it in a while. Uh, I tried to watch it before this, but I know the well. Uh, I I've seen it pretty watched- shortly before Mike did, so it's still. 
pretty fresh. I watched Curse of the Blair Witch, not Shadow of the Blair Witch. Shadow, yeah, that was yeah. Shadow, Shadow, Shadow is, is good. Shadow yeah. is is directed by Ben Rock, and it's yeah, not, it's for uh, the second movie. Yeah, I guess. It's not great. No. Curse <laughs> it's is not really great. good, and and Curse is directed by. Sanchez and yeah, Curse is, and Curse is so, actually kind of spooky. And Curse was, I mean, just to kind of go back, I know this isn't Blair Witch 2, Doc, but Sorry. Curse of the Blair Witch was originally like the first half of the Blair Witch Project. Really? You know about really? This? Yeah. No. So when they devised the Blair Witch Project, they were going to do like a documentary-based film first, and it was going to be like the first half, and then... Somewhere down the line, they would be like, and here is the exclusive footage for oh, from the Blair Witch Project. And they would have showed the footage by itself. So it would have been like Lake Mungo, and then kind it would have had like more on yeah, the end of it. But they decided, like, no, and they had plenty of footage, you know, for, for Blair Witch, like what we know is the Blair Witch Project now, that they could fashion a movie out of it. So that that was the good news. I mean, they shot so much stuff that they could back out of that plan. But yeah, that was the original plan. And then wow. the sequel was supposed to really be a prequel and it would show the Ellie Kedward story, which I think would would have been great. Yeah. And I still wish they, I they would do I want that to it. happen. But it's, I mean, what, yeah. weren't there, wasn't there talk about a TV show too? Uh, yeah. Um, and Ed, Eduardo Sanchez is doing a lot of TV now. Um, like he did some From Dust Till Dawn TV episodes and I think a couple of other things. So I can't remember yeah, when that came out though. Too. Yeah, if I'm trying to remember when they started talking about it. It was before the Adam Wingard movie, right? I thought yes. it was it. I thought or maybe it was, it was around the same time. Around the same time, maybe. I don't know, but I, I doubt that's gonna happen. Yeah. Which is a shame because I think it would be a really cool limited series if they could I, do I would like love if they it, could it, do the Ellie Kedward story. And that, that, like you said uh, well, I think you both said it. Like the witch, you know, if they kind of fashioned yeah. it like that, that would be amazing. That would be amazing because it's so creepy. That because that was the other thing that was successful then. about Blair Witch, at least for me, and I, I know like for a few people, is there's so much mythology behind it. Mm-hmm. And you know, I have the dossier on the table, and like that's a huge story, and it's like it's got letters from the sheriff's department and this writer who's trying to find out more it's an interesting story in itself, but there is just so much that there's a Bible about the whole story of Blair Witch that it's so rich and, 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 uh, complex that I think that's what also kind of p- propelled people to think it's real too. Yeah. Well, curse the Blair Witch actually, sorry to go back to that again, but it, that, that has a lot of, realistic stuff in it too right. I think especially some of the interviews and I love when it goes back to the clip with that that guy he's like you know I'm so and so and I'm a witch oh yeah <laughs> and, and yeah it's like old it's 70s. like the old 70s yeah <laughs> it's got some I weird spooky it. music <laughs> anyway but yeah I mean Blair Ridge 2 is just unfortunately it's it's a mess but um I highly recommend people check out that YouTube video that we'll link in the show notes. Check it out with the commentary and then watch it. And I mean, there's a lot of great stuff in it. I love, and uh, I stepped away to show them some of the Blair Witch 2 p- pictures, but did you guys talk about like the the uh, blurring of reality 
at all no. about this film. Okay, so I mean that's the main theme. I mean, of yeah, this. we kind of mentioned that it it is a meta. Yeah, yeah, I mean that is the main theme of Blair Witch too. Is that like, did it really happen? Did it not really happen? And it's kind of like this odd, bizarro companion piece to Paradise Lost, where all these kids, all these people thought these kids, these three kids, did it. And now he wanted to basically do a vice versa or a mirror effect and be like, we don't know if those kids, uh, if these people did it, but the the one thing that like Jennifer, Jeffrey Donovan's character says is like video never lies. Film and does. Ev- every time you see the video, you can see that they've done it. But it's a whole question until that end. And unfortunately, the way the films arrange, that gets very convoluted. But like the scene where they come in for the questioning and they're taken out of the police cars, I'm like, that that would have been the most important moment right then and there because it echoes some of the same shots from Paradise Lost. Yeah, and I think somebody at Artisan said, "Hey, this would this would be a great director to handle this because there's that line of blurring fiction and reality, much like what the Blair Witch Project did. You didn't know if it was real. You didn't know if it was fake." You had a good inkling, a good instinct that it was because they would never probably show that in the theater. Like if if that were to happen where parents assembled the Hackson Films team to actually edit something, it would be shown on TV, like America's Most Wanted or something right. like that. It wouldn't be shown in a movie theater. I think people were I think a good majority of people were hip to that where yeah. they they didn't buy into that. As, as much as some people but I mean there was definitely some people that thought it was real yeah but Blair Witch 2 I think does it deserves a rewatch with all the stuff that has kind of come out over the years where you realize that the film is bad because it was tampered with by a studio that didn't know what the fuck they wanted and were trying to make a conventional horror movie when the Blair Witch Project succeeded because it wasn't a conventional horror film it's too bad too because that that reveal at the end that could have been really cool mm-hmm. if it hadn't been hinted at so much yeah. throughout yeah. the rest of the movie. It's, it's the, just the it's editing, terrible and storytelling. Yeah, and it's like, oh, here's these random cuts of people killing each other, and you know, it's like that would have been great to save for later. Not in the, I mean, honestly, it, it, you start seeing it in the opening credits. You already see yep flashes of. And I mean, the opening credits, one of the things the YouTube video talks about, the opening credits bother me because they put that stupid song on the opening credits. And it, and it, no, I mean, it, it it's a great song, but, it was a the, but the, uh, the video is right. It changes the tone of the film completely. Oh yeah, because yeah, sure. you go from feeling. But like I also the f- think that Frank Sinatra's song Frank would have been bad. Yeah, that would have been, been interesting. I, I mistake. I think. I a think score, it should have just been a score because a score would have been the fine, Carter Burwell yeah. score. Carter Burwell score really is really good. good. Yeah, really good. Um, like I've listened to that score probably more often than I've seen the movie, and that was the nice thing about the DVD is it's a DVD CD flip. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, I like that. All right. I, I, but yeah, I mean, is there anything else we want to talk about with Blair Witch 2? No. I mean, I, I mean, not with Blair Witch 2, but I think Blair Witch 2 leads into Blair Witch. Well, I want to find out what this is first. You want to find out what sticks oh, and stones? Oh, yes. So, so I was at Slackers a couple weeks ago, and I picked up this VHS, a Blockbuster exclusive. It's uh, exclusive. Uh, sticks and Stones, an exploration of the Blair Witch legend. Um, 
it's a VHS and it's basically a condensed version of Curse of the Blair Witch but it's got some interesting outtakes in it that aren't in that documentary Hmm. Uh, like at the end of it I think there's an interview with uh, or I'm sorry an interview by Eduardo Sanchez and he's like interviewing a like a I think it was like two firemen or something like that but it's nothing that yeah. it doesn't add that much to it it's no. mainly just him talking to them and they're like oh what'd you find out there and they're like oh I don't know just enough to not ever go back there again and that was about <laughs> it <laughs> and I was like oh, okay I guess that was great but there is a uh, I think there are a couple deleted scenes from the Blair Witch Project though in it like, yeah, there, there's there one are. where it's like I, I think it's Mike and Heather and he's telling her you know like this isn't your fault and all that stuff after Josh went missing uh, that was Josh who went missing right yeah first yeah. okay yeah but yeah so I mean it's it's not bad it's just if you've seen Curse of the Witch, you don't yeah really it feels very to see sticks and stones but I mean but like it, the the what was it 2016 2015 shit when did the Blair Witch come 16 out? 16 okay um, I mean, it it is definitely a requel. They it repeats some of the same beats, but it's also a sequel. I get it. Um, however, when they go get back into the house, that's where it gets interesting, and that's still, where the money is. I mean, yeah, that yeah. was it was like a fun haunted house red, you know. Yeah, and like where he's I, following her around. I also and... like that they address the loss of time. Yes, um, that's interesting. There, and you know, I I'm, love the twig snap. Yeah, in the yeah. middle of the movie, that's fucking awesome. And I mean, Simon Barrett has gone on record that he is a huge Blair Witch nut and has read all the books that have been put out by that. So I, I'm not saying that it's a poorly made film or even a poorly written film, but the one thing that I always had the biggest problem with was like, you don't. Number one, there is a hint that you see Heather in there because there there's a person that is wearing the same mm-hmm. outfit. Right. But the thing that always pissed me off and the thing that I thought they were setting up was that the brother hears Heather and then something else happens. And yeah. it, they don't follow that through and honestly I think that would have been a better move. Yeah. So that's that's the thing that has always irked me about that movie. I think I've seen it maybe three times now and I just I cannot buy into it so i was wondering what you guys we were mentioning it earlier the weird tree creature that's running and chasing them through the woods and and through the house so we're not to assume that that, we're not to assume that that is ellie kedward that i thought that was the blair witch so yeah and that's the thing but i don't know that that i don't don't know that ellie ellie kedward is the blair witch i think the blair witch is something else is an entity that took over at Ellie Kedward. I've always assumed that the Blair Witch and Ellie Kedward are two different people. Well, and yeah, I mean, there is that kind of mythology that the Blair Witch has always been out there. I mean, there's there's also the mythology of like Ellie Kedward becomes the Blair Witch because she is shunned and left yeah. to die in the woods, right? Which, But there's also this belief that the Blair Witch was manipulating and pointing the fingers, so to speak, to Ellie Kedward, thinking that people believe that she's the Blair Witch and she was just a victim of the Blair Witch and that comes into play with Rustin Parr where the Blair Witch was yeah, telling Rustin Parr true. to kill the kids and all this other stuff and then you could also 
take that into uh, like it doesn't really. What's weird about it though is it doesn't really affect the Blair Witch Project characters. Nope. It's just they get caught in the woods and they get lost. But I I wouldn't. She agree doesn't. With, like, I wouldn't agree with that. She doesn't necessarily possess anybody or like. I guess the manipulation is. With Josh, when he disappears, mm-hmm. and they play the sound, and you hear Josh like yelling in different directions. And I would also say that their deteriorating mental status, and and that that the what the new the new one talks about with the time loss and mm-hmm. everything else. I would say if you watch the Blair Witch, and then you go back and watch the Blair Witch Project, I would say some of the same things that happen in the Blair Witch happen to them. We just don't discuss. I could them. I could buy a little bit of that. So who do you guys think the tree lady is? The Blair Witch. You think that is the Blair Witch? I, oh, yeah. I heard well, some people I think say it's, it's a, Heather. And no, like, I was like, I, that's no, an interesting no, theory. No, I think it's... I don't it could think be it a physical manifestation of the Blair Witch, or it could be the Blair Witch. I, I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah. Or, you know, Wingard's a, minion of the, a minion of the Blair Witch no. or something. Yeah. Adam Wingard's never talked about no, it. No, no, no. They... Mm. They begrudgingly talk about it yeah. in the commentary. Yeah. Like, we're never going to let you know. I think, yeah. I, I <laughs> think <laughs> like, basically, now, now yeah. you'll never find out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they, it, it they do pretty much success. taunt that. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe at some point in time they'll let it. Simon will let it out. I mean, but that though. to me, the that last part of the movie where they're in, oh, they're all in the house and they're running around and we see all the time jumps and everything else. That's where the money yeah, is. He's got yeah. a beard all of a sudden. <laughs> I was actually kind of kind of creeped out in that. I, yeah. I mean, the first half, the first part of the movie, I have no desire for at all. Where yeah. they're chasing around the drone. Yeah, the drone is the most annoying. Yeah, it's really dumb. Kinda, <laughs> it's like, okay, guys, I get you're trying to make it modern, but... Yeah. Here, we're going to use this drone. Yeah, That soundtrack's work. good, too, though. I got it yeah. on vinyl. I mean, it's all Adam Wingard's, like, spooky stuff. Like, dark stuff. I, th- I think it's, it's definitely a problem that the technology that they use doesn't make sense that it's edited. Because it's no, not yeah. presented right, like right. A, we found this footage and cut it together. Right. It's just presented as this is a movie, and now all of a sudden we're cutting between. It's it's like I I don't know what you were trying. I to think do. the next century we'll see in Blair Witch is a vlog or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. Well, as long as it's Ellie Kedward writing it, I'm happy. <laughs> hey guys, <laughs> it's Ellie. Russ hey, killed guys? another kid. Uh, be sure to like and comment and subscribe. Hey, hit that thumbs up. Hit hey that guys, subscribe it's button your girl. Right here. <laughs> wow, it's your whole, girl, Ellie Kedward here. Just a whole bunch of yelling here at the end. <laughs> All right, so yeah, I think we've pretty much exhausted Blair Witch stuff. I, I think there's still some more stuff to talk about, but honestly, I think there's more to mine here that I don't think Lionsgate will ever do. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, you never so I think know. They gave it a, a shot, and uh, you know, they tried to make it a secret. I think it would have been even better if they had kept the secret. Yeah. Until yeah, the movie no, came I t- out. I totally agree with that. But obviously, that Comic-Con screening, they wouldn't be able to contain, even That's if true. they were like, hey, guys, don't say it's a Blair Witch sequel. You know, let's not do this reveal. Well, they could have. They pulled it off of Fantastic Fest. No, I know. <laughs> with Split. The Woods. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of a bummer. Mm-hmm. I wish that would have played out better. Yeah. Um, but whatever. Because people were interested in The Woods. Right, and I don't know if like changing it to Blair Witch detracted people or not. It didn't seem like it did, um, but I'm sure there was probably like a small subset of people that were like, "Oh, fuck that!" I'm like, like doing oh, that. I didn't like the Blair Witch. Yeah. yeah, 
Anyway, all right, Patrick, where can people find you? I'm on Twitter at Max Rebo Rules and Instagram at Patikin Skywalker. I am on Twitter at Pensive Critic. I'm on uh, Twitter, Instagram, and uh, Flickster. Uh, no, no. Letterbox. <laughs> that's it. Flickster. Wow, old, old man. At Hassles. A-K-S-S-L-E-Z. Old man Hassler doing that. Flickster? Is it called Flickster? Flicks in a box? Flicks in a box. I'm on all the social medias, Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd under Treefy, T-R-I-E-F-Y. P-S-N. Yeah, P-S-N too. So episode 33 we're going to go down the uh, Thorn Trilogy, another masterwork oh of genius Ooh. in the Halloween franchise. We know that there's probably going to be a lot of podcasts talking about Halloween this year, but we wanted just to focus on four through six. Even though I I did set my goal, I do want to watch Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. Yeah, I'll, so I'll do, do it. Too. I'll do that too. I'm going to do don't it. Don't do it. It's, happen. I, it's terrible. I don't hate it. but anyway uh so that will be our next episode with the thorn trilogy and then there will be a surprise episode surprise on schedule episode that we haven't clued everybody else yeah a surprise to everyone jeremy and i working on it that should be a clue just saying but anyway uh thank you guys very much follow us shitty i don't know whoa Shots fired. Just yeah. saying. Uh, so you can follow us as a collective <laughs> at Destroy the Brain on Twitter, uh, also on Instagram, and uh, like Join we said, Facebook, Facebook group. Facebook group uh, Facebook.com slash groups slash We Need to Talk About Horror. And uh, yeah, uh, that'll, that'll about do it. Next St. Louis event, I don't know what Jeremy's dead zones are. Never got <laughs> back to me. Uh, but there's one in a couple weeks, or at least a week, uh, next Thursday. I don't know what the fuck he's showing. Uh, October 18th, or I'm sorry, October 12th and 13th, we'll, we'll be showing 1988's The Blob as part of his late night grindhouse. Uh, it has a mind of its own. Chuck yeah. Russell presents. <laughs> wow. Oh, my. And then, uh, don't get it angry. October 18th is Horror Trivia Night at the Heavy Anchor, 8 p.m. It's our last 2018 uh, show. We only do it on a quarterly basis, so... It's the one we have uh, a lot of fun at because everybody's in that spooky mood. Uh, but Heavy yeah. anger. Ooh, that was deep. <laughs> anyway, thank you guys very much for listening to this. Killer track? Uh, I say we do a killer track of Poe Haunted. All right. Okay. All right. So anyway, here's Poe Haunted, which is a tie-in to his brother or her brother's novel, House of Leaves, which is a really good novel that I still haven't finished. <laughs> Thank you. That's great. Bye. Bye. Bye.
Pieces here. 